right, greetings. Welcome in. It's Better's Last Stand. It's show number 38. Matt here with you. Chris, Coach, Cooley, everybody else is busy. Well, I guess I'm busy too because I'm here right now. But uh going to try to take you through the first uh, half of the show by myself and then uh, follow it up with Sammy. Sammy P. from uh, Pittsburgh, Upper St. Clair. He'll be checking in the show in the last hour, last half an hour or so. Going to talk about racing, a little MLB. Want to get his thoughts on NBA playoffs. Uh, Formula One's back this week. IndyCar back this week in uh, NASCAR again at Dover after a nice weekend at Talladega. So let's recap. This is Better's Last Stand. As you know, uh, we had a not-so-great week last week. Uh, it was a uh, minus 2.4 units as uh, it was, uh, we were down on the week. Uh, not not terrible, but but not great either. Chris had a rough one. He was 0-3 in NASCAR and 0-2 in golf. Uh, I wasn't much better. I was up a half unit in all my plays. 7-4 and four in Aussie rules, 3-0 and oh in EPL, 2-2 two and two in XFL. NASCAR, some bad luck. Uh, we'll talk more about that with Sam later in the show. But uh, it, cars that were running up in the mix, uh, Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, those type of guys, uh, just couldn't get the job done. Couldn't couldn't get the win. Kyle Busch comes out on top. Just didn't get the money. Uh, it, you know, it's, it happens like that. It's kind of like that in golf as well. Had a few teams uh, dancing around in the golf as well. And uh, the Zurich Classic. And uh, couldn't couldn't get anybody home. Just down the stretch, uh, we just we just didn't get the performances we needed. So that's going to happen to you as a better. Um, coming up on today's show, though, we're going to uh, talk uh, a little bit about the NFL draft. We're going to talk, give you a few thoughts on that uh, as we get ready to start that tomorrow. And then uh, NHL playoffs, full swing right now. XFL playoffs begin this weekend, so that should be exciting. Uh, USFL as we enter the uh, third week of uh, USFL. So we're starting to get kind of an idea of who's who, um, who sucks, and who can't score at least. Uh, talk uh, very briefly about golf. Uh, this is a terrible golf week. Mexico Open this is a horrible field. Uh, I'll get into that here later in the first segment. I'm uh, going to spend the second part of the the three segment of the sh- third uh, the second segment of the three here on Better's Last Stand. We're going to talk Kentucky Derby. I'm going to go through some of uh, of my early thoughts on this as we start to get an idea of the 20 horse field for next Saturday's run for the roses. Um, got got some thoughts on that. Going to going to share some theories with you and some. Uh, just some strategies and, and just a way to some, some things that you maybe you want to start to look for and as you start to get a plan uh, for for your derby next weekend. And then, uh, as I said, uh, last segment of the show, we'll be talking with Sam. He'll be Skyping in. We'll talk uh, MLB, get his thoughts on the Brian Reynolds uh, deal being signed for the Pirates the other day, uh, NBA playoffs, uh, F1 at Azerbaijan. We got Indy down in Alabama, and we got NASCAR at Dover. So, Lots, uh, lots to talk about. Uh, it's an exciting uh, time of year. I know it gets overlooked a lot, but uh, pretty good time of year. Got the horse races coming up here. You got lots of playoff action with NBA and NHL. You got golf, another golf major here in a couple of weeks, the PGA Championship. And then you have uh, just you know NASCAR every week. Uh, F1 will start getting a little bit more regular. You got the NFL draft on Thursday, so lots to discuss. Lots to lots of chances to win some money. So if you're not uh, if you're not familiar with betting, uh, continue to watch the show. If you have questions, reach out to us. Contact at thepineroompodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the Pine Room Podcast. You can see all of our picks. We post them up there on the Instagram. I give Jub the rundown of the, the picks that I like. 
Uh, and then I kind of fine tune and, and I, anything that's added on or in addition to those picks we put on the Twitter, on the Better's Last Stand Twitter page. It's also uh, linked to the Pioneer Podcast Twitter page. So you can find all that stuff if you follow us on the social media. Get the picks out, uh, put picks up uh, different times of the night and day, uh, depending on the day of the week. Usually uh, start them on Thursday with the golf and then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, occasionally we'll throw some Wednesdays and uh, Mondays in there if we have uh, wraparound weekends or holiday weekends, which we'll have Memorial Day coming up here in a few weeks. So um, lots of good good things ahead, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying it. And again, uh, don't forget to check us out on The Watchdog each week. We're seven hours a week. We're noon uh, to three on Tuesday and Thursday, and then two to three on Monday. So seven hours of PRP action. We talk a lot of sports on that as well. Talk some gambling, but we also talk about a lot of the other things we talk about on the podcast. So, uh, wide variety, kind of get everybody involved. We got a lot of callers uh, who call into the show, and uh, it's it's an enjoyable time. And I hope you're enjoying it. So, if you haven't uh, haven't checked it out yet, WatchdogNetwork.com. You can get the uh, archived shows on there. We've had some some really good guests. We had Mike Florio. We just had. Uh, the coach of the Baylor Lady Bears, Acker and Tumbling, uh, she was she was on her way here to West Liberty. They will be at West Liberty all weekend for the national championships. Uh, Felicia Malky is her name. She's done an incredible job there at Baylor. So uh, those are just some of the guests we've had. Haywood Hotsmith, playoff bound Miami Heat. They're in the playoffs right now. They're up three games to one on the Bucks. So we've had him on there. We've had Coach Crutchfield and, and numerous others. So check them out. Check out our YouTube page. We've got all that stuff. The radio shows are also streamed live on YouTube, so you can see us in the studio. It's usually uh, myself, Chubb, Jarrett, and Coach. Uh, a lot of times I, I struggle to make it for the beginning of the show since I have a real job. But uh, I'll make it there at some point, and those guys do a great job while I'm not there. So anyway, that's all stuff to look for. Our regular podcast drops every Thursday, BLS, as you know, on Fridays. So uh, let's not waste any more time. All right, so interesting thing yesterday, NFL draft, for those of you can't really give you a lot of picks. I told you that last week. Chris was here with me. Sam was here. We It's hard to give you picks. There's so much volatility in these markets right now. No one knows what's going on. There's a lot of dummy information out there. Uh, people are really trying to fool one another now. This is totally transformed here in the last few years uh, with betting now becoming prevalent in these in these drafts. Uh, people are trying to get you off their trail. They're trying to find value. There's inside information being traded. It's almost like stocks. Uh, you, you really got to watch. You could get suckered into some things. You've had a lot of changes in these numbers, as you saw uh, when Carolina made the trade up to the number one pick. C.J. Stroud took a huge move towards the betting favorite, and then as more information came out, uh, it started to shift back towards Bryce Young. That's where we're at right now. Bryce Young minus 1,200. But yesterday, uh, due to a Reddit post of some sorts, uh, Will Levis took a sharp, sharp move to be in the second choice and the second quarterback choice. Uh, down, He's down to 6-1, to one, so that's plus 600. Uh, it, it's very intriguing, uh, but it sounds like from some of the experts, maybe it's just some dummy information. People trying to... Uh, falsify, make a move, uh, either shift the markets to get in on another guy, something like that. There's a lot of influence out there from betting syndicates. There's influence from these teams. They're putting out bad information to try to fool the other teams who they may be bargaining with, trading with, so on and so forth as they jockey for positions uh, up that up and down that draft board. Draft will be uh, have started last night as you're watching this show, so hopefully uh, 
you you were all right on some of the picks. I, I'm going to pull up a few that I like. Um, you'll be able to see on Twitter uh, from yesterday. We'll see if there's a, there's a few things that I was interested in. I thought maybe uh, Jameer Gibbs maybe had a shot uh, of going in the first round. Maybe the running backs over one and a half. I thought maybe. And I thought Zay Flowers, Chris's buddy from BC, maybe has a first wide receiver at plus 550. He's been getting some really good marks. And uh, Smith the Jigba has had a lot of injury questions. So, uh, I may make a move on those two, but again, like I said last week, it was really, really hard, uh, at least in this first round, to uh, give you great picks with a lot of confidence because there's so many experts out there telling you one thing and many can being completely opposite one another. Uh, a big push from Arizona here this morning, uh, Paris Johnson, the, the, the uh, tackle from Ohio State. A lot of lobbying going on from Kyler Murray to try to get him. So that may be an interesting look there as the first lineman drafted. So, so maybe an angle to, to look at. But again, this is this will be all outdated information by the time uh, by the time you watch the show. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, you know, it, it's maybe on day two, we have a little bit of a better idea as, as you see what teams do in the first day. And then maybe you could still address some of the needs and maybe sneak in. I found a lot of value in, in day two uh, last year. So uh, we'll have uh, stuff up on our uh social media and uh, anything on Instagram if I have anything that I like strong enough to give the job on Friday we'll do that and get those picks up there so keep an eye on that stuff throughout the entire weekend as we uh, try to keep you uh, updated on draft things things that are developing right now um, will 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 Levis go second uh, will he go fourth to the Colts will the Texans take a quarterback uh, and it seems like Bryce Young is going to Carolina right now but that could all change. Everything could change. There's a big uh, talk about the Eagles moving up. Uh, there's talk about the Texans trading back. There's talk about uh, the Patriots moving up. You got lots of things going on right there. Uh, yesterday, Aaron Rodgers traded officially to the Jets. A lot of people thought that uh, the Packers kind of, you know, got the better end of the deal, but I, I don't agree with that. I think it was pretty fair. I think Aaron Rodgers, he immediately makes the Jets a contender in a very difficult AFC, don't get me wrong, and not saying that they're going to be able to to win anything, uh, but they should be able to contend. Uh, they now That was the, one of the weakest parts of their team last year was the quarterback, and uh, they've upgraded. They've added a few pieces. They'll add some pieces in the draft. And uh, Green Bay, to me, had a roster that was uh, very fraudulent. Their offensive uh, firepower was horrible, and, and you know, I know everyone hates Aaron Rodgers because of his politics and whatever, but the guy's still pretty good. He really wasn't blessed with a whole lot of great players on his offense last year. Uh, other than Aaron Jones, uh, they didn't have a whole lot. A couple rookie receivers that I think eventually will be good, but they just weren't ready yet. Uh, you know, A.J. Dillon's just a fat running back who's not any good. Uh, they have no tight end. Offensive line was always hurt. Defense was a fraud the whole season. So I, I don't. I think Green Bay is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And as as the Year goes on, start giving out some early picks. That will be one that I'll be all over. Unless they have a great draft and do some crazy things to to make themselves better, I have zero confidence that the Green Bay Packers will finish anywhere other than last in that division. And I am not high on the Bears at all. Uh, as long as they have Justin Fields, they will not win. Uh, the Lions right now, if they didn't run into so some industry news that kind of goes into the NFL as we wrap up here with a little bit of NFL. Uh, several players in the NFL suspended last week uh, for gambling. So this is similar to Calvin Ridley. If they were making bets, a lot of the information hasn't come out yet on it. Uh, but the Lions seem to be hurt the worst. They have several guys involved in this probe. So this could be very bad news for them. And they were going to be my pick to win that division. But uh, now you got to just uh, wait and see. Minnesota. 
think they're going to kind of revamp the roster. I expect Dalvin Cook will probably get cut. But they still have Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins is still solid enough. They could uh, contend there. But I think Green Bay will be terrible, so I'll be fading them significantly, and I would look for win totals for them and just pound those under because they will not win with Jordan Love. They are just not going to be very good, and their roster is just not good enough. And I think the Jets... Uh, I wasn't a big believer in the Jets last year. They thought their defense was good. I didn't think it was great like people said it was. Uh, and that they're in a really tough division in a very tough AFC. So I expect them to be better. Expect them to be right around a playoff team. But uh, there's no guarantees in the AFC because if you lose close games in the AFC, you will be you will be in trouble. Uh, you got to win the games that you're supposed to win, and you got to win some close ones because if not. All kinds of teams are going to be lobbying for those playoff spots. There's just too many good quarterbacks, uh, and, and it's going to be tough. But Rodgers gives them an immediate chance to be better, and I think uh, he will do that. All right, shifting gears over to hockey right now. Hockey playoffs full swing right now. It's been really, really enjoyable to watch these four games a night. Most of the time, we had three last night. Nobody's clinched yet, so we've got everything still uh, up in the air. you got uh, some teams that are going to finish them off tonight, uh, Boston, uh, whether or not they can get the job done. Uh, Patrice Bergeron's been out of action, but he is expected to return. So you have to figure that the Bruins would be your most likely first team to win their series, which I guess everybody would have expected that from the beginning. Uh, the Panthers have played pretty well in the series, I feel like. I, I feel like they've played about as good as they can, and they're just not good enough. Boston's not been great, but they haven't had to be. Um, that game, uh, this is Wednesday, we're taping this, so... 7 o'clock, uh, that probably expect the Bruins to finish it out. And then you got Kale McCarr suspended tonight uh, for the for the Avalanche. Been a very tough series. The Kraken are not a bad team at all. They're very feisty. Great home crowd advantage uh, up there in Seattle with their first ever playoff appearance. You'd expect that. Um, they're, they're pumped. They're ready to go. Kale McCarr, as I said, out of action. Avalanche already shorthanded anyway. McCarr had a really dirty hit on Jared McCann the other night. Uh, got only a game. Probably should have been... Several games, but uh, he obviously not a repeat offender. He's he's a pretty classy kid. I think he just got pissed and made a mistake. So, uh, you know, you can live with that. It's going to happen. But uh, Kraken, I, th- I expect them to battle hard tonight and battle the rest of this series. I would not count the Kraken out of winning this series. Uh, going to be tough. Uh, Avalanche are battle-tested. They're, they're a championship-caliber team again. And, uh, you know, they may prevail, but uh, don't, don't sell the Kraken short. So those are the two games tonight. Then you got Thursday's games, uh, Tampa and Toronto. Tampa's outplayed Toronto in both games in Tampa. Should have won them both. Um, some very questionable officiating, I thought, and not in the in the sense that you think like non-penalty calls. Uh, I thought a couple of key whistles at wrong times, a disallowed goal that Tampa had uh, in game three, which ended up uh, going to overtime in Toronto, winning. Very poor job by the officials. They have replay and all these opportunities at different angles to get these things right and they botched it. I can live with missed calls. It's going to happen. It's been happening for years. These guys are not good. These officials stink. They all do. Uh, They need robots faster than ever, but that's probably never going to happen because it's going to cut people's jobs, and uh, we don't want to do that in the world, but uh, we would rather just be bad at it and and not get it right. But uh, bad job by the NHL replay officials. I thought they've done a poor job uh, in several series, the Tampa series most notably. Um, I can live with the missed calls of, of whether it's interfering whether it's a hook, whether it's a slash. There's a penalty every shift. It's all about how you interpret it. Um, but uh, a lot of dirty hits going on so far in the playoffs. Uh, and uh, you had a five-minute major the other night in the Wild Dallas game. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm mostly upset with the replay uh, on the goals. Uh, some some of the things that are happening, uh, interference calls on the goalies, and so on and so forth. I think they've missed some of that in uh, quick whistles, pucks not frozen, pucks should have been frozen uh, that weren't and blown dead, and they lay, you know, they're covered and no one could see them, and and they, they should be blown dead and they're still alive, and then vice versa, uh, no way a puck should have ever been blown dead, and it's loose in the crease and they blow it dead, and a team score. It's just a very poor job, I think, by the officials in those senses. Uh, the the penalty calls, as I say, those are all uh, basically. Uh, 50-50 calls, and most of the time they'll get them wrong. That's just the nature of officiating. But uh, as we head into uh, probably the final uh, few games of these series, obviously the final few games, you got Tampa still trying to fight back. Uh, I think if Tampa can win Thursday, I would definitely look at playing them on Saturday. So that would be a very strong play for me. Uh, If they're able to get this back to Tampa Bay for Game 6, uh, I expect them to be very good. Uh, Toronto may feel the pressure. They they're up three to one. They think they got this thing licked in the in the, in the pressure. If they if they fall de- behind early on Thursday, I think uh, the pressure will get to them and they'll lose that game. Uh, Devils Rangers complete turnaround in this series. The Rangers were dominating. I thought they were playing the best hockey of any playoff team. Devils switched it up, changed their style, started to trap more, uh, slow the game down, and then they brought in a uh, inexperienced new goaltender. And, uh, you know, Lindy Ruff deserves the thumbs up for that move. He knew his team was in trouble. He made a couple moves, and they have worked out. So the Devils uh, will be in action at home uh, back at Prudential Center on Thursday to host the Rangers. That's going to be a great game. His games have now slowed down a lot. Probably of all the series right now, they're the that's the best series that look at unders. The rest of these series are you're you're struggling to get unders. You got low totals and you have empty net goals with four and five minutes to go and uh, lots of variables in these games. Uh, Toronto and Tampa has been a score fest. Uh, just uh, you know, even the the Bruins maybe. Uh, but that that series is due to finish up, and Florida will you know pull the goalie with eight minutes to go if they have to because they have nothing to lose. So got to be leery of that. But Devils Rangers nip and tuck series. Think it'll go seven games, and I would expect the unders to continue in that with the style of play and the goaltending uh, now uh, improve for the Devils. I think you got some definite unders to look at there. That's uh, a Thursday game, and then their game six would be back at the Garden on Saturday night. So. Uh, probably another underplay for me there. But again, check the social media, give you all the official plays. I think the Jets are done. I gave the Jets out a few weeks ago uh, as a team that I thought would win this series, thought maybe they could win the conference. Well, they've been decimated with injuries. They had a horrendous couple of games at home, uh, losing twice in their own building in that place up there uh, in in, uh, in Winnipeg is uh, almost unthinkable. But uh, they did, and uh, I think the uh, Mark Shifley's out tonight or tomorrow night. So I think the Golden Knights will probably finish them off. Unfortunately, our Jets aren't going to get the job done. And then uh, same, same uh, along the same line, the the poor Kings uh, just they when you blow three goal leads to Connor McDavid in Edmonton at home, uh, it's not going to turn out well for you. And even though you have played a really good series, uh, you know the talent eventually shines through, and the Kings. Uh, just couldn't hang with with Edmonton last night. The six three loss. Um, they they get another crack at it. I, I think maybe they can win one more game there. But 
just the, the game on Sunday when they blew the three nothing lead, it was that's you just can't recover from that. And uh, you know, Tampa did the same thing, but uh, the Kings just don't have the firepower. Tampa's able to come back a little bit in in series like that, but the Kings don't. That's a game they absolutely had to win. If they win that game, I think they absolutely win that series. So. Uh, you know, it's just unfortunate, but uh, that's the way it goes when you're betting. You you gotta when you're the lesser team, when when you're the plus price, you have to have everything go right for you. Uh, whereas the favorite, the more talented teams do not. They only have to uh, endure long enough for their talent to show through. So. Uh, I think, uh, unfortunately, the Kings, I think, are probably uh, just they're, they're pretty much done They're They're hanging by a thread. I'm hopeful, but, uh, you know, you never know. They're back home uh, on, uh, I believe that game may be on Friday or Saturday. But, uh, yeah, so we'll look out for the Kings. Hopefully they can win one more and maybe uh, push the Oilers a little bit further. But I don't know that'll happen. Carolina uh, had a chance last night to finish off the Islanders at home in a very tough place to play. The Islanders played a good game. Sorokin came up with some big saves, got a couple key goals, and now they uh, take that back to uh, to Belmont Park there in on Long Island, and I really think the Islanders will probably win Game 6, and I expect probably they're going to be in Game 7. I guess there would have to be if I think the Islanders will win Game 6. So I think I'm going to Hope be hopeful that the honors can uh, pull that out. I'm not impressed with Carolina. I, I think I think they're very very beatable. Um, not great goaltending. Not great defense. Um, I don't know. They, I mean, they're a solid team, but I I don't like them uh, against the, the Rangers, Bruins, uh, in Toronto, any of those better teams in the East. Uh, Tampa, even if they were to get through. Uh, or the Rangers or Devils. I, I just don't like Carolina at all. I think they got too many holes and uh, they got a lot of injuries. But uh, they're they're playing good, just barely good enough to be beating the Islanders right now. So Dallas in uh, the Wild last night, uh, five minute major early. Dallas gets a couple goals on that and never looks back. They lead that series three to two now. Uh, that one I expected to go seven from the start. Never had a strong opinion. Both of those teams very 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 evenly matched. So we will. Uh, Keep an eye on that one. Um, if the Bruins and Leafs match up in the next round, I think it'll be very intriguing. Uh, right now, Devils-Rangers winner would play Carolina uh, if they're able to finish off the the Islanders. Um, I, I probably would lean towards the Rangers or Devils in uh, in that series were they to match up. But, you know, something can be said if they, if they go seven in a, in a very hard-fought series against with two rivals, uh, then maybe... Maybe the Carolina Hurricanes are worth a look. I'm not going to be back them because, as I said, I'm not a fan. I don't think they're very good. And then in the Western Conference, uh, the winner of Dallas and the Wild will play either probably Colorado, but who knows. Uh, and then if Seattle wins, then it, everything's up in the air. It's just a whole strange thing uh, in the Western Conference, something completely unexpected. Uh, the Golden Knights and uh, the uh, Jets winner, which is going to be the Golden Knights. It's just a matter of when. And then they will probably be playing the Oilers. I just don't think my Kings can come back. I'm hopeful. But, uh, you know, at some point, Connor McDavid was going to catch fire, and he has. And uh, the Oilers are about to put them away. So looking at Knights and Oilers most likely in the next round. And then probably, I don't know, Stars wild 50-50 right now. It looks like the Stars. But Colorado, can they can they hold off against Seattle? So, um, pretty even matchups in the Western Conference, and I would say the East. I don't think that Boston can will lose to Toronto uh, more from the mental side of things than anything. Uh, Toronto is very, very fortunate. They should be down three games to one, and uh, you know that's an excuse maker's excuse, but that's the truth. 
Tampa outplayed them. Should have should have won those games in Tampa. Um, I think Tampa's hitting the skids as far as tiredness goes. They played so many games the last few years, making it to three straight Stanley Cup finals. It's really tough to do, but uh, I anticipate them to battle hard and push that to a game six down in Florida on the weekend. So, all right, that concludes the NHL. I'll have a few picks there. Uh, as I said, I'll be liking the Islanders. I think if Tampa can uh, win this game against Toronto, I'll love them on Saturday. I think they uh, absolutely will push that to Game 7. Uh, EPL soccer going on right now. You got the game of the year right now. I know it's not even on television, as weird as that is. Figure that out. America, we're trying to grow soccer in the biggest game of the year in the English Premier League, Manchester City and Arsenal, and the game is not on television. So, got to get it on Peacock. But uh, anyway, that's why soccer will never succeed in the country, unfortunately. Uh, but I like it, and uh, right now City leads 2-0. I hope you enjoy soccer, too. I give out soccer bets every week on the Instagram and Twitter pages, and I've been pretty good in the EPL the last few weeks. Manchester City leads 2-0, as I said, 54th minute uh, at the Etihad Stadium. Arsenal's on top of the league right now, but City is closing the gap quick. The winner of this game, which is probably going to be City, will be in the driver's seat to win the Premier League. Uh, and another goal. Kevin De Bruyne just scored again. It's 3-0 Man City. Sorry about that, Brad McLaughlin. I know he hates Manchester City because he's a United guy. Uh, but uh, it's it's City's title at this point right now. Arsenal it just looks completely overmatched. Uh, my team losing to Brentford in the London Derby right now. It's an embarrassment. Chelsea been terrible all season. Nottingham Forest and Brighton. Uh, it's 2-1 there to Forest, actually. And Liverpool leads West Ham 2-1. Um, just while I'm talking about soccer briefly, uh, the Champions League, we're down to the final four there. We got AC Milan and Inter Milan, uh, Battle of Milan. That's going to be incredible. Uh, very intense derby there. And then you got Real Madrid and Manchester City, who's playing in this EPL game right here. City's playing very, very well, but I've heard no one giving the Madrid a chance. And, uh, I think that's a mistake. Madrid, Carlo Ancelotti's guys will be ready. So uh, I would take a good look at Madrid to maybe win the Champions League again to defend their championship. City's the best team. Madrid's the most battle-tested team in this tournament. Uh, and the Milan teams are going to beat each other to hell in their two uh, two legs of, of their semifinal matchup. So I think whoever comes out of that will be exhausted. So uh, I'll give more official plays on that later, but I wanted to at least mention that. So be looking. you got Champions League Final Four. Uh, Manchester City, I think I did mention a couple of weeks ago about how I would bet them they were still a plus price to track Arsenal down. Arsenal started to show signs of uh, fatigue, and they are very much... Uh, it's just hanging by a thread right now. So it's 3 nothing City. Uh, and before we switch completely off of hockey, a couple of bad beats in hockey. So the Islanders and Canes on Friday night, it was uh, five and a half. the under. I had the under in this game. It was 1-1. 3.51 to go in the game. And the Islanders end up scoring four times in that span. So four goals in three minutes and 50 seconds in a 1-1 game. Uh, and only one of them was an empty netter. So you... you I mean, just a co- just a collapse by the Hurricanes uh, to give up four goals that quickly, um, and it wasn't like the Islanders were really pressuring them at all. Uh, you know, they were content to just dump the puck, and, and the Hurricanes misplayed several pucks in their own zone, led to four goals in a five-one final. So if that uh, if you had that under, that stuck it right in your ear there, pretty hard. That really, really was a was a really ugh, tough one to swallow. And then 
Uh, this, as I mentioned, the Kings and the Lightning both blowing three goal leads late uh, over the weekend in games that they needed to have. And uh, just, you can't have it happen. You know, I mean, that was Monday night, I believe. Uh, Tampa blew theirs. And Sunday night, uh, the Kings blew their three goal leads. Tampa 4-1, Kings 3-0, uh, both at home. It just can't have it. And if you're, if you're a better and you have that situation, um, it's just gut-wrenching. You have the right side. You made the right play. Uh, it just bad luck. Things happen. And uh, the, unlike ever before, guys lose focus easier in, in sports today than they ever have. They're weaker-minded. They're not able to uh, persevere. And things like this just didn't happen in older times. They do now. Uh, it's not even a bad strategy to take take a little shot uh, against uh, you know a team is down three three goals. If they're the more talented team, maybe maybe throw a few bucks on them in play. Uh, that, that's probably a wise strategy these days because you see these leads just evaporating in every sport, whether it's NBA, hockey, baseball, uh, you know, football when it's in season, it can happen anytime. So uh, just. Uh, Something to watch out for and never count a bet in until the very end. It can, it can go so wrong for you so in so many ways. So, uh, All right, so we talked about the line guys being suspended. We uh, we had the uh, Will Levis steam. Let's go over to XFL playoffs here really quickly. We're down to the final four teams. you got the Arlington Renegades and the Houston Roughnecks. This game is on Saturday. This is 7 o'clock ESPN2. Houston minus 6. Total 41 and a half. This is the Southern Division Championship. These teams just played last week. And uh, Houston won the game 25 to 9. So Houston seems a little bit better than Arlington. And then they won in week two, 23 to 14. Uh, Both the games went over. At the times of the totals, those totals obviously back in week two, as we talked about a few times, they've they've uh, moved up quite a bit from the low to mid thirties to the high thirties to the forties. Uh, total, as I said, uh, forty one and a half this week. Uh, six point home favorite for Houston. I may take a shot with Arlington plus the six. Seeing it's a playoff game, and I kind of like the over a little bit as well. Um, I think uh, I think Arlington will find a way to to maybe score at least fourteen points, and then uh, if uh, if you can get maybe uh, 17 out of them, would be really good. And then Houston, I think, has scored about 20, 24, 23 uh, points just about in every game they play this year. So I like the game over. I think usually playoff games you'd think under, but uh, I'm like that one over. So I'm going to be leaning Arlington over in that one. And then Sunday's game, the North Division Championship, Seattle at D.C. It's quite a distance to travel there. Uh, D.C. minus three at home, the total 49. D.C. was a team we told you we thought was the best team in the league. Houston was probably the second best. But in the recent weeks, D.C. has not played that well. Uh, They just beat Seattle 34-33 in week eight, so a very high-scoring affair. And then they also had a game uh, 22-18. They beat Seattle back in week one. That game also went over by about a point and a half. So both overs there. I actually like this game under. I think this will trend a little bit lower. I think D.C. will be a little bit more careful at home in a playoff atmosphere. They're going to have a good crowd. But uh, I'm going to lean Seattle here. If I can get three and a half, I'm going to be looking for the three and a half. If I can get three and a half, I'm taking them. Uh, and then I'm definitely going to be making a play on the under. So those are my picks in the XFL. Again, you can check them out on the social media. We'll have them up there. Uh, if Chris gives me any of his, he's been pretty good in the XFL. I'll get him up there as well. All right, USFL. This is week three. We got uh, four games. 
These games have uh, not been quite as good as the XFL, in my opinion, but still okay. Birmingham hosts uh, New Orleans. This is a Saturday game. Birmingham, who just dismantled uh, somebody. I can't remember who it was, but they crushed them. I think the team only had two points. So a, a beat down there. Birmingham, the defending champions, they've been very good. They're minus six at home, total 48 and a half. I'll be leaning Birmingham in this game. New Orleans, eh, they're just not very good. Uh, Memphis, the Memphis Showboats at the Houston Gamblers. Memphis, a one-point road or one-point road favorite on the road in Houston, total forty-three and a half. Uh, I'm going to lean Houston here. I think they'll win the game. They've they've had two close games so far. They're zero and two. Both teams are zero and two. Uh, I think Houston gets it done here. If I can get them plus the points, I'll be happy to have that. But I'll definitely play a money line as well. If I can get them uh, plus money, I'll be on the Gamblers. And then Sunday, you got two games: the Pittsburgh Maulers, who are really really bad. Uh, they're 0 and 2, and they're 2 and 0 to the under. They take on the Philadelphia Stars, who lost last week, but in one in week one. Philadelphia minus six and a half, total 44 and a half. Totals too high. Uh, Pittsburgh really bad offensively, so I'll be playing that game under. Uh, that's that's a very strong play. And then New Jersey and Michigan, a four o'clock kick on Sunday afternoon. Michigan minus four and a half, total 44 and a half. Be going with the under in this game as well. So two unders on Sunday, and then the two home teams on Saturday in the USFL. All right. So as we wind down segment number one, uh, just really quickly, Mexican Open here. Uh, like I said, a terrible, terrible field. Uh, John Rom, runaway winner of this tournament last year. He is a almost two to one favorite in a golf tournament which is just unthinkable so he will uh probably end up repeating uh, tony Finau's second choice at eight to one and then you got a giant gap to 16 to one with wyndham clark and gary woodland at 22 to one uh i cannot recommend anything here as far as betting anybody to win this tournament uh outside of rom and his price is too short Finau, his price is too short uh, I, I really could not make, I thought maybe ben, ben Martin maybe for a top five. I thought at about four or five to one could be decent. Matt Wallace, uh, the uh, Englishman, I thought he's all right maybe for a top 10. But uh, I, I looked at a couple of matchups too, and there's just nothing that really stood out to me uh, this weekend. Just no nothing. It's just a really bad field. And uh, I'll probably be taking a pretty strong pass on, on this tournament. It, it's just not not a great field. I thought maybe Nikolai Hoygaard in a matchup over Aaron Ray uh, was one that the only one that I thought maybe I'll be playing. So I, I'll I'll put out anything official that I play for the weekend. But I think I'm passing on golf this week. I just don't, don't like this tournament. I uh, don't like this field at all. It's uh, it's just not it's just not very good. So uh, we're going to uh, pass on that. I'll see if Coach has anything. I'm not sure that he does, but uh, he uh, he will let me know, and I'll put those up on social media. But anyway, we're going to take a break here on Better's Last Stand. Matt with you flying solo as Coach is uh, on the move. I believe he has bocce tournaments tonight, and Chris is at his trade show up in Pittsburgh, and Cooley is coaching baseball, and Luke is playing baseball. So everybody busy, but got you Got you here to myself. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope we can shed some light. We're going to talk some Kentucky Derby coming up after this. I'm uh, going to spend most of the second segment talking horse racing. And then we will have our man Sam from Upper St. Clair checking in on some MLB, NBA playoffs, and then the three big racing circuits all in action this weekend. You're listening to Better's Last Stand on the Pine Room Network. We will be right back. Reminder. 
Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. It's BLS. Matt here with you, flying solo, as I mentioned earlier. Covered a lot there in the first uh, half an hour of the show. Draft, uh, NHL playoffs, XFL, USFL, some other ongoings in the betting world. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, we also talked a couple of bad beats, uh, and some soccer, which is uh, still going on right now. City up 3 nothing on Arsenal. It looks like Arsenal's chances of winning the title are about to be extinguished. Um before we get into Kentucky Derby, a couple of things. We talked about the Will Levis shift in the uh, pricing, crazy stuff. Keep an eye on that. With your bet in this draft, just be careful because you can get burned really bad with bad information. Uh, the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement announces new initiative to combat the problem of gambling and misleading advertising for betting operators. So this is starting to become a big thing. We mentioned it last week that some of these leagues are trying to get together to combat all this advertising of betting. Now... It obviously makes their leagues more popular, which I don't understand. It's not very good business on their part. But regulators getting involved in this and trying to uh, stop what they're calling misinformation and disinformation. I don't know if it's just from promos or that I heard a couple of people saying, well, they make it look so easy on these commercials that people always win. And the majority is everybody loses or majority, but <laughs> the majority of people lose. The The fact is that most people lose and pretty much everybody loses. But um, I don't know. I think these sports leagues need to be careful because if they piss people off, it's only going to hurt their product. Uh, a couple of them are only even alive and flourishing because of betting. So, yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, you don't want to mislead people. Uh, but people got to educate themselves too. They got to want to be educated. You got to want to learn about this. If you're going to ever win in sports betting, you have to you have to have a strategy. You can't be drinking. You can't be out at the bar placing bets, uh, you know, because your friends want to do it. If you want to win, you're never going to do it like that. You need to pick your spots. You need to listen to shows like this and find good value on things. And you know, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to sit here and tell you every week that we win because uh it, it you know it's it's a it's a losing proposition in the long term when you don't do it responsibly and have a plan if you're betting every game you're never going to win if you're betting uh three quarters of the games or half the games you're never going to win but if you're picking a spot and you have a, a strategy and you get data and you get trends and uh you have all these elements and and things lined up uh to give you data points to make a strong selection then you have a chance of Coming out ahead, but you know you're you're not going to do that unless you educate yourself and try to expand your uh, your betting board and your options. And there's so many things out there. There's more than ever before. If you hunt through these things and you look through them, you can find opportunities. And uh, just going back to the draft briefly, a lot of people may not understand this, but for bookmakers, one of the worst things that bookmakers have going for them is the NFL draft. They hate the NFL draft. They don't want to put the put the uh, the uh, options up um, for people, the menus. They don't want to do it. It is a losing proposition for them. They will not beat the public to the information on this. Normally, we have power ratings set up 
and things that the public's just not going to be smart enough to be able to uh, be on an equal playing field. So they're going to lose most of the time. But in the NFL draft, there is no way to power rate these things. You have no idea who's talking to who, which teams are going to move where, which teams are going to pick who, which teams have one guy ranked high and another guy ranked low. You just don't know. You can't account for everything. It's not going to be possible. There's going to be information that the public's going to get quicker than bookmakers. And if you have a battle plan and you can get the information, the problem is this year the information has been very hard to get and it's been very hard to figure out what is credible and what isn't. But bookmakers don't want to put this stuff up. They're very vulnerable. They're, a lot of them are knocking the limits down on it. It, it, is, it is a frustrating time for them. They don't want to do it. And uh, you can make money off of it. But again, like I said in the first segment, maybe take a wait-and-see approach, see how day one goes, and then maybe try to jump in on some value in day two. I think day two and then day three, you may have a better picture of some, some spots where you can kind of pounce. Uh, but if not, you're taking you're kind of taking a winged approach, and maybe you can get lucky and hit a decent size uh, payoff. Or, uh, but th- these bookmakers do not have the advantage in this event, and it's one of the few things that they don't, and that's why they don't like it. So... Uh, best of luck to everybody out there in that uh, as we uh, as we approach less than uh, 24 hours away. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the A's are close to having a deal to move to Las Vegas. That would be interesting. Uh, the A's a dreadful baseball outfit right now, and uh, they are planning on potentially moving to Las Vegas. Feel bad for the A's fans. The team has pretty much given up on it since they um, realized they were never going to get a stadium agreement with the city of oakland in the bay area so that pretty much runs them out of oakland and they've not put a dollar into that team and they're not going to put a dollar into that team until they move somewhere that wants them so and it's not that the fans don't want them around oakland they're very loyal but uh the city does not want them and that's pretty evident so i wish the a's the best as they venture to the desert and will be Right there with the Raiders, where they used to be share the same city, and they'll now share the same city again. All right, before we get to Kentucky Derby, give you some rundown of what, what I'm liking in that so far, or just some some you know information on how the race is shaping up at this point. Uh, I want to run through my Aussie rules from uh, for this week. This is uh, going to be round number seven. This is so uh, week seven would be the equivalent of that in the NFL. Uh, last week I was seven and four, so not bad. Uh, it was a strong week. I enjoyed watching a lot of those uh, those matches. We had some really, really good battles uh, going on. Um, so, and uh, we had the uh, Anzac Day showdowns on Monday and Tuesday, which were really, really good. Well attended. They did a lot of patriotic stuff there in uh, Australia for that. So, good, good watch. And again, I urge anybody who hasn't seen this stuff to watch it because it's a really, really enjoyable sport. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Throw a little few bucks on it and uh, see what happens. All right. So we got Friday night, Port Adelaide and St. Kilda. St. Kilda actually on top of the table right now. They're 12.5 point home favorite. 156.5 is the total on that game. St. Kilda's playing well. They lost. Uh, they bounced back last week after a uh, loss the week before. So I think the Saints, they, they're, they're, I don't want to say that they're, they should be favored uh, to win the league. But uh, they bounced back last week with a, a win over Carlton, and I think they probably will get the job done here at home. Port Adelaide, not a great road team, uh, which you'll hear me say a lot of these teams are not great road teams. Uh, Port Adelaide lost one of their better players, their captain, last week, so I think they could be a little bit down in the dumps. They are 4-2, and two, but they've won a couple games. They were some pretty poor competition, so I'll be leaning St. Kilda here, minus the 12.5 and, and the under of 156.5. All right, 
and a Friday night bout, 11.45 our time. So this is a game you could watch if you want to. Brisbane, the Lions at home, they host Fremantle. Fremantle's been dreadful this year. They've really, really been bad. They're 2-4, and four, a, uh, a really bad loss last week to Western Bulldogs. They almost lost by 60, I believe. Um, so I'll be uh, fading Frio here, but I can't go 36 and a half of Brisbane, even though Brisbane's one of these teams at home. They're very good, and I think they could easily cover that. Uh, take a look at the in, in these AFL games. You have the range, uh, the winner by range, so 1 to 39 points. Brisbane, 1 to 39 points. You probably get some plus money for that, um, or you can get uh, over 40 is usually how they range it. Uh, I would go for the 1 to 39. I think Brisbane wins the game by between 1 and 39, but I don't think they necessarily cover the 36. So I'll be going with Brisbane to win by between 1 and 39 at home. Who They're very good at home. And then the Fremantle Dockers, who they're hosting in Brisbane, that, that game uh, over 177.5. I think uh, Brisbane scores a lot of points at home, so we will be going over in that game as well. All right, Saturday, early 12-10. Actually, this is a Friday night for all intents and purposes. Friday night, 12.10 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, GWS, Greater Western Sydney Giants, visit the Sydney Swans. I like the over in this game. GWS fought hard last week. We missed the cover in that game by a point and a half. So that was a little frustrating, but uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back in some points here. Low total, one forty nine and a half. I think the the Swans get it rolling uh, in this game, and I think GWS has shown a, a, a little bit of, of a improvement in their offense. Uh, they scored eighty seven last week, so I think maybe uh, maybe they keep it rolling and uh, they can. Uh, they can, you know, do their part here. The Swans were just horrendous last week against Geelong, uh, but I think they'll they'll bounce back strong at home. And uh, I like the over one forty nine and a half. So that's a Saturday at twelve ten a.m. All right, Western Bulldogs hosting the Hawthorne Hawks. This is also a Saturday two thirty a.m. Eastern Time. Bulldogs minus twenty seven and a half. I like the doggies here. They're three and three. They're playing some pretty good football right now. I, I like I like how they're trending. They're they're a team I think you can get some value on. Uh, they beat Fremantle really badly last week, as I mentioned. Uh, I'll be back in the dogs here again. Uh, twenty seven and a half a lot to lay, but Hawthorne is not very good, and the dogs are good at home. They'll have that crowd rocking. It should be a fun environment. All right, North Melbourne showdown of Melbourne. They visit Melbourne. The Demons and the Kangas. The Demons minus forty four and a half in this game. One seventy two and a half the total. Demons top scoring team in the league. Uh, I'll be going with the Demons minus forty four and a half, or you can do the range forty plus points if you don't want to. If you're worried about them winning by forty one two three or whatever, you can do forty plus. I uh, recommend that. It'd still be a little bit safer. And then the over 172.5. Uh, Kangaroos can't stop anybody. Their back line's really bad. Almost as bad as the next team we'll talk about, West Coast. West Coast host Carlton. Uh, not impressed with Carlton. They're 25.5 point road favorite here to total 173.5. I'm liking West Coast here a little bit. West Coast gives up a lot of transition points. But I think they can score a little bit, and they do play a lot better at home, even though despite their one and five record. So I lean towards West Coast in that game, catching the points. If it goes up above twenty five and a half, definitely get on them, and then probably lean to the over there. As West Coast, as I said, not very good defensively, and Carlton's looking for something to get their offense clicking. Geelong back at it, three in a row. They've won. Uh, they're the defending champions. Fifteen and a half point road favorite. Uh, this is eleven o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Uh, in on Saturday night, so this is another game you could check out. Geelong fifteen and a half, as I mentioned, one sixty nine and a half on the road at Essendon. Uh, don't be fooled, Essendon's not very good. They're four and two, but uh, suspect four and two. Um, I'll be back in the Cats. They're starting to get it clicking. 
uh, Dangerfield and uh, this, uh, Tom Hawkins. I mean, these guys are really good. So their 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 front line is very good. Or Ruckman's very good. Uh, Geelong kicking it in gear. I like the over in this game as well. One sixty nine and a half. Sunday's action. One twenty a.m. Sunday. Gold Coast visits Richmond. The Tigers seventeen and a half point favorites. One sixty nine and a half on the total. I like the under in this game. Richmond. Not not great on offense. Uh, watched them. I was against them last week in a game that I had under, and uh, it turned out pretty well for us. Richmond really wore down in the late stages of the game uh, against the Melbourne Demons, but uh, I I think they'll win this game. They're they're better than Gold Coast, a team who I've been high on. At Gold Coast just can't seem to get it together. Uh, just like the under in the game, though, I think Richmond probably wins it. So if you want to do the range one to thirty nine. They probably are good enough. They need a win. They're only one four and one, and they'll, they'll play play well at home. So uh, back the Tigers one through thirty nine, and then under one sixty nine and a half. And then the last game of the week, two forty a.m. on Sunday morning, the Crows of Adelaide host the Collingwood Magpies. Magpies six and a half point road favorites, one sixty eight and a half the total. Um, Collingwood's five and one, but I don't know how good they are. I'm not not super impressed with them, and I will be back in the home team here. I think. That the Crows have played some really tough games, a little battle tested. They've got a really good home environment, so I think they'll be they'll be pretty pumped up. I know calling one coming off of a nice win against the Bombers, but I don't think the Bombers are very good. So I'll be back in the Crows here, maybe take a shot on the money line with them or the one through thirty nine, uh, and uh, get the nice plus money there. So again, the Crows uh, on the Sunday night uh, final game of the week, and that is uh, Aussie rules. Uh, Round seven. Round seven. You just couldn't think what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, Aussie rules round seven. Hope everybody uh, gets in on those. Again, you can check our plays out on the Instagram page, on the Twitter page, as I take a gulp here before we get into Kentucky Derby. Tough doing this solo. You can't pass it off to anybody. But anyway, um, let's talk Derby. So Kentucky Derby a week away. We got a 20-horse field. We have... uh, our first, uh, our first scratch came out um, the other day. Blazing Sevens, uh, Chad Brown horse. Now I expect what's happening here is Chad Brown has done this a few times. His his horse was well within the um, the points to make it into the Derby. He's decided to pass. I would definitely. I think Blazing Sevens is a horse that you're going to hear me mention in the uh, lead up to the. Preakness. Um, Chad Brown's done this a few times. Cloud Computing, he did it uh, last year with uh, the horse escapes my mind, but I had him. Uh, gave him out on these shows. Uh, this was a strong play, and he won. Jose Ortiz was on him, and I can't think of his name. But anyway, Chad Brown's done a really good job of spotting his horses to maybe they're not quite ready for the 20-horse field derby, uh, and they would pick the spot of the Preakness, and he's had really, really, really uh, good success with getting his horses ready for that Preakness and uh, having them live, especially competing against some of the more tired horses who competed just a couple weeks earlier in the Derby itself. So they haven't drawn the post positions yet for the Derby. Uh, They will do that next week, and so, so it's really, really tough to make uh, official plays of any kind, but I'm going to go through the field with you here really quickly. Uh, Forte, he's the favorite, seven to two morning line. He won the Florida Derby for Todd Pletcher. Um, very impressive. He's he's really he's a strong horse. Um, you can see it in in just all of his running lines. He's very business like. He he's he's got everything that you would expect. 
um, a, a top-level thoroughbred. He's got Rapoli Stables, St. Elias Stables, two of the most successful ownership groups in racing. Uh, and there's nothing not to like about this horse. I mean, it's got the best jockey, Irad. It's got the best trainer, Todd Pletcher. It's got the best owners, Rapoli, St. Elias. I mean, you can't you can't really go wrong with it. Um, horse has won uh, six, seven. I think he's won six out of seven or whatever. But uh, you know, won over a couple million dollars already. And 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 he is. He's he's the horse to like here. But as we know in the Derby, a lot of times the better horses don't always win. They get tough trips. Things go wrong, as you saw last year with Rich Strike uh, running down the two favorites at the very end because he had the better trip and the good ride and uh, he saved the ground. So um, anything's possible in, when it comes to that. So Forte is definitely one we'll be keeping an eye on. He's going to be a contender, obviously. Uh, so so don't discredit him. Probably going to be one you're going to want to have in your superfectors and your trifectas. So um, don't, don't dismiss him just based on him being the favorite like I do. I'm always trying to beat the favorites, and that's the way you win in horse racing is to try to beat the favorites. Sometimes you can't, and sometimes you have to be able to say, I can't beat him. I have to go with him. So if you're playing multi-race exotics and uh, Forte is your guy, then you then you go with him and you single him and then you try to spread in other spots and beat favorites in other ways. But if you're just playing this race and you you want to try to take a shot with him and you don't think he'll win, but you still want to include him in there. So box him up in your tries and your supers and so forth. Um, exact as if that's the kind of player that you are. Remember, exact as uh, top two finishers. You box them, they can finish one, two in either order. Trifecta, one, two, and three. You box them, you can, they can finish one, two, three in any order. Superfecta, one, two, three, four. You, if you box them, you can finish one through four in any order of the horses you select. Each selection adds another layer to your payment. So if you're going to do a four-horse one dollar exact a box it'll cost you twelve dollars if you're going to do it for two it'll be 24 if you're going to do five horses for a dollar uh in in the exact a box then it's going to be 20 and so on and so forth you can figure them out uh there's horse calculators all over the internet on your betting sites all that stuff you can check them out same with trifectas 50 cent bases now at churchill it's a little bit different they did away with the 10 cent supers in uh the 20 cent they got rid of all that and they eventually at one point, they took away the 50-cent tries and made that all dollar. I think they put those back in last year. So be sure and check the pools. I think your superfectors will all just be a dollar this year. So it makes it more expensive, obviously. Uh, most tracks have 10-cent supers, which if you box up four, you're looking at $2.40. But we'll talk more about that next week uh, when we get into the actual betting strategy. But wanted to at least give you a little rundown of the horses. So anyway, we went through Forte. He's the... Uh, He's the top choice um, on most for most betters right now, and then the second choice right now, it, it kind of varies between Tappet Trice, who's another uh, Todd Pletcher. So Todd Pletcher, this is Luis Saez riding this one. Um, he was the winner of the Bluegrass Stakes, and he ran a really good race. He he came, uh, he went toe to toe with uh, a horse that that I think is pretty good called uh, Verifying um, Tyler Gaffleone. Was right neck and neck with him and uh, put him away down the stretch and it, it was it was an impressive performance. Tappet Trice, you know, great sire. Tappet always a contender in these races. Um, so so you have to you have to like that part of him. Uh, he the only thing I worry about him in, in, is his momentum. He's a one horse one run horse, which means when he makes his move, he's got to finish it because if he gets stopped or impeded or has to change, 
He struggles to get back going again, and he doesn't break very well from the gate. So he's a horse that I think he would very, be very trip-dependent in the in the Kentucky Derby. But again, he's going to be a horse we'll probably end up in including it somewhere on our tickets, uh, but we'll use defensively. He's not a guy that I'll pick to win, uh, especially seeing what kind of post he gets. If he gets drawn down the inside or somewhere, then it will definitely be eliminating him from a potential win. All right, let's go to our next guy. The next one is the practical move. Tim Yakteen, Ramon Vasquez. Uh, he won the Santa Anita Derby. Um, didn't do anything wrong. The California horses in recent years, since Bob Baffert has lost uh, a, a lot of his horses because of his you know issues with being suspended and doping and things like that. He's had a lot of people take their horses and go elsewhere. Tim Yakteen's benefited from some of that. He uh, actually had a horse last year in the Derby that was a Baffert horse, and he's got one in Reincarnate, who we'll get to a little bit later, who was a Baffert horse. But this would actually was Tim Yakteen's the whole time. Um, you know, Ramon Vasquez, solid rider out west. We'll, we'll see. I mean, he, he's not somebody I'll dismiss, but he's probably not going to be one that I'll be on. All right, next one, Angel Empire. Uh, eight to one, Brad Cox, Flavian Pratt. He's a closer. Uh, won the Arkansas Derby. He, the only thing I, I just I worry about him. Some of his, uh, if you're familiar with dosage, and I don't have enough time to go into all this with you, but if you have questions, again, contact at thepinerypodcast.com. There's dosage indexes, and I I value these a lot as far as eliminating horses, and uh, it it kind of basically takes your bloodline and how how these horses are bred whether they're bred for stamina whether they're bred for speed and then your bloodline how you're accustomed to running the classic distances which is are the kentucky derby the preakness the belmont these types of giant stakes races where you're looking at a mile and an eighth or, or a little bit longer uh but the 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 dosage index kind of balances out a horse. If he has too much speed and not enough stamina or not enough stamina and too much speed or too little speed and too little stamina, you, you want to find a balance there. And uh, when when I did Angel Empires, his dosage speed was way, way, way out of wax with his, with his stamina. So uh, even though Brad Cox, a strong, strong guy, and, and usually you don't see – you see these doshas index speed index is very high for um, for speed type horses, forward placed horses. But Angel of Empire is a closing style horse, which is very odd. Uh, you usually don't see that where speed would be his top gift, his top physical gift, and he's not using it till very late, which could benefit him. Uh, I'm going to watch him a little bit more and, and check him out, but I don't love um, him right now. But you know, I could be swayed. That's only one element, and you got to look at several different things here. So, dosing average has me a little bit worried about him. All right, two fills: Larry Ravelli, Jareth Loveberry. This is a horse. Uh, Jeff Ruby stakes. Now, ironically enough, Rich Strike won the Jeff Ruby last year. He's eighty to one. You can't discredit these horses, but man, winning your race to get in here on synthetic. Larry Ravelli, just an all right trainer for small tracks. Jareth Loveberry, he runs at Mountaineer sometimes. Uh, it. It's uh, some of the tracks up in uh, in, in Minnesota. Um, just I don't know. I, I really wouldn't have a lot of confidence uh, in this horse on Derby Day at all. He'll probably be a toss for me. Lord Miles, Safi Joseph. He won the Wood Memorial at a gigantic price. Paco Lopez riding. This Paco's third Derby again. Nothing against Paco, but man, he's just not not sure he's the caliber of rider that should be riding in the Kentucky Derby. Fifty to one. For Lord Miles, Safi Joseph, great, great trainer down in Florida. 
Uh, this is a closing style horse. So if you think there's going to be speed, which this is tough, there's not a speed horse in here that I think is like a dominating speed horse, but there's probably five or six who are very forwardly dependent. So you could have a fast pace despite not having true sprinter type horses in the field. So that that could play into a role. I think if you're going to play te- uh, teams, play horses that are close to the lead, sitting just off, or some of the closers, if you think the pace could melt down, that's uh, something that we'll we'll talk talk about next week and kind of zero in on. Uh, so Lord Miles probably going to be a toss for me, but I will uh, proceed and and see how these guys they, you know they're doing their last breezings this week uh some of the some of the horses are continuing to work leading up to this so i want to make sure everybody's clean see what post they draw and then start putting the pace scenario together uh next horse derma sodagake he's a japanese horse very very high on this horse the japanese have done a ton with their breeding they've bought some of the best sires uh in the united states in north america and have taken them to japan and have figured out ways to compete now on the north american circuit they're coming here and winning breeders cup dirt races they used to only ever be able to win on the grass like the europeans but they have now made themselves a force they're winning breeders cup top of the line races races that are better than this kentucky derby the japanese are winning and they are they have put so much money so much time and effort in planning on how to breed these horses one time after another sunday silence one of the triple crown uh type horses back in the uh late 80s that was the first one that they got and they have continued to just strengthen these bloodlines of these horses and continue to get very good horses from the united states that they can put into their bloodlines to serve a certain purpose of trying to find classic distances that they can balance out as I mentioned, the dosage. But these guys have figured out plans that are working, and they are going to surpass North American horses. North American horses are being bred to go shorter and shorter and shorter because their bodies, they're worried about them breaking down. The Japanese are not. They're doing this safely. They're getting these horses ready to run distances. And Derma Sodagake is a horse that I'm very intrigued by. He won the UAE Derby. I'm not going to go as far as say he's my official pick, but he... He would be my lean at this point. Uh, he's mind your biscuits. His father was a very good sprinter, ironically, but he had a little bit of stamina in his underside uh, to to uh, go these classic distances. So um, Christophe Lemaire, a very good French rider who's ridden in Japan for several years, will be coming in to ride him. So I'm pretty good about that. He sits right off the leaders, so I like his his spot where he'll probably be if he draws a good post, which we'll see next week. Uh, my luck, he'll get the one post and ruin everything. Uh, for me, like uh, like last year, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll hope for the best there. But yeah, if he gets if he gets a good spot, I think uh, Christoph puts him in the right area to start the race, and I think he's going to have a really good chance. So uh, we will uh, we'll uh, follow up on that for next week, and hopefully uh, be able to zero in. All right, next horse, King Kings Barnes. He, he's uh, another Todd Pletcher, Uncle Mo. Hasn't named a rider yet. I'm going to guess it's going to be Jose Ortiz. Uh, Jose doesn't have a mount yet. He's one of the best riders in the world. His horse will be up front as well. Uh, he won the Louisiana Derby. You know, he's he's got he's got some good trips. I mean, he he's he he's not been flashy, but he's been very workmanlike, and I think he's a, a horse that could hit the board. So we'll we'll keep him in our minds. Raise Kane. Uh, this is uh, Ben Colebrook, uh, it's son of violence, forty to one. No, um, no rider yet. Don't like this horse. Just think he's going to be way overmatched. He was fifth in the Bluegrass. He did absolutely nothing, and I watched that replay a few times trying to find something that I liked out of it. Not really. Uh, I'll go back and check it again, but uh, couldn't 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 get there. Next one, Rocket Can. He's forty to one. 
Bill Mott. I uh, had Bill Mott horse a few years ago. Country House. Wish I was doing this show then for you. Loved him. 65 to 1. Uh, and he ended up winning. Uh, it, was a, it was a really, really good day for me. Uh, but I don't like the jockey here, Junior Alvarado. I know he's very loyal. Uh, Bill Mott's very loyal to Junior Alvarado. Junior Alvarado worries me in a 20-horse field. He makes a lot of uh, premature moves. I don't think Rocket Can's bad. And I think he had a fourth in the Arkansas Derby, which is okay. Bill Mott doesn't have his horses ready to go until they start to really mature. So that was one of the things I liked about Country House. I, I don't hate Rocket Can. Uh, I was really hoping Jose Ortiz would ride this horse, but uh, he ends up going with Junior Alvarado. I'll take a couple more looks at him. He may be a use for me, but I just don't love the jockey. Uh, next one, Hit Show. Son of Candy rides. Brad Cox again. Brad Cox next to Todd Pletcher, probably the best trainer going right now. Manny Franco, good rider. He'll be on to ride there. Um, he was second in the Wood Memorial. He got run down by a bad uh, 50 to 1 horse, so I, I don't know. I didn't love Hit Show, uh, but I'm not going to rule him out yet. We'll uh, try to zero in a little bit more on him for next week. Confidence game. This is another son of Candy Ride. Kent DeSormo, James Graham, a jockey that I'm not a fan of. Source will be around 30 to 50 to 1. He's going to be forward. Uh, he won the Rebel, but not a great race. Uh, I'm probably dismissing this horse immediately. Verifying, son of Justify, Triple Crown winner Justify. Brad Cox again, Tyler Gaffleon, top jockey at Churchill Downs. He's definitely going to be a contender. This horse will be very up towards the lead. Uh, he ran second to tap at Trice. He's getting better, uh, but he's going to need his best effort to, uh, to win this. He's probably going to be one that you want to include underneath. But uh, we'll talk again as we zero in on the tickets next week. Sun Thunder was really high on this horse. His last race in the uh, bluegrass, he didn't really put it all together for Kenny McPeak. Another into mischief, uh, thirty to one. Brian Hernandez, who's a pretty good local jockey, will be riding him. Uh, I'm not sure this horse has the talent to get there, but um, we'll keep an eye on him. I, I feel like he's improving. Uh, Wild on ice. This is uh, a guy named Toe Hills, the trainer in a jockey that I'm not, or Mar is the trainer in Toe Hill, who's a jockey. He's like 60 years old. I just don't think this horse has a chance, and I don't know why it's in here. It's going to be like 100 to 1. Uh, he won the Sunland Derby, which is an awful race to, to get in. Uh, Mage, who just named Javier Castellano this uh, as a jockey. Uh, Gustavo Delgado is the trainer. Uh, good magic, good good sire, early crop sire. He won the or second in the Florida Derby. Ran ran strong against uh, Forte. Just made a good move. He actually beat Forte to the move. He made the first move on Forte, took the lead, and then Forte had to come run him down. So not bad. Mage, you know, he'll be a consideration for me. Uh, next one, Disarm, son of Gunrunner. This is uh, Steve Asmussen. The Gunrunner was a great horse. This is his first crop of sires. Uh, Joe Rosario gets the ride. I feel like this horse has been sandbagging. He's had an interesting trail. He ran into Lexington. He only ran third, and it was it was weird. They kind of geared him down like they just needed to get enough points to get into this derby, and I don't think they were trying to win that race. So that's something that I definitely took into account when you're watching these replays. Figure out if these horses needed this race because that, that was not uh, Disarm's best effort. He was just very... Uh, he was very geared down. He was not running at maximum speed, and he still got in the derby. So I, I look for him to be maybe a surprising horse, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, he's got he's got good numbers across the board. Um, his dosage is good. It's in the in the winnable type uh, area it, as far as his average goes, and uh, 
his uh, final fractions are, you know, they're they're good too. And I'm going to talk about final fraction theory here. My, I've got a couple more horses to talk about, and I'm going to share that with you. And then we'll uh, get Sam on here. All right, reincarnate our next one. Good Magic is the sire again. Tim Yakteen. This one came over from Bob Baffert. John Velasquez, the jockey, one of the best jockeys ever. This horse is going to be forward. He's going to be part of the pace. And the thing about Johnny V is you're going to have riders kind of playing chicken with each other here. Who's going to go? Who's going to who is going to be aggressive with their horses? As I said, I don't think there's a true true speedster horse that's going to try to run this field from gate to wire, but if the horses who have speed don't use it early, John Velasquez and Joel Rosario, two of the best. Now Joel probably won't have Mage up near the lead. He'll be sitting off, but John Velasquez, if he senses that some of these guys are not going to go. If Derma Sotagake is his guy, he'll probably hold. So he probably whoever's going to be riding Kings Barnes, whoever's going to be riding Confidence Game, which would be James Graham probably. He's not a great rider. Tyler Gaffleone, that'll be a key part of the, of the race. And then a horse we haven't talked about yet, Jace's Row with Florent Giroux. Johnny Velasquez sees these guys not going if he thinks they're not. They're kind of just waiting for someone else to go. He will go to the lead with reincarnate and try to go gate the wire. He's exceptional at doing that. He's done it so many times, and he'll do it again if these guys give him the chance. So I expect the trainers to tell these guys who have the forward placed horses, you have to send them because if you don't send them, we're going to end up getting just outdueled by one of these better, more talented horses with a better rider. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But again, post position will have a huge play in that when they draw those uh, on Monday or Tuesday. Um, I'm actually not sure what day they do that. They used to do it on Tuesday. I think they did it Monday last year. All right, our second to last horse, another Japanese horse, Continuer. He's uh, he's out of Japan again. A Def- Defrong is his father. He's a closer. Not great. He, he had a bad workout the other morning. I watched some of the clocker reports or listened to some of them. They didn't like the way he looked. Now, some of these guys, it takes them a while to get acclimated. He's coming from Asia. So uh, he's not nearly the, ta- the talent of Derma Sotagake. So I'd probably be passing on Continuer. But again, these Japanese horses are very dangerous to leave off your tickets as they continue to improve. And then our last horse who drew in uh, Jace's Road, who uh, came in for Blazing Sevens, who's out. He's a forwardly placed horse, Brad Cox, Florence Giroux. This is an interesting horse. This now puts another Brad Cox, great trainer, puts Florence Giroux in the race, a great jockey and an aggressive jockey. So I expect him to be up near the pace, and this is going to play a role in this race. So very important uh, scratch and add-on already. Uh Mandarin Hero, a horse that I was hoping for, a Japanese horse to get in. He's probably not going to make it. He needs three more scratches, so that's pretty doubtful. But uh, that is the field as it's composed at this point. Uh, We will talk tons about this next week and throughout our shows on Watchdog Network and our podcast uh, leading up to the Derby. But just a few things I wanted to share with you. I mentioned the dosage, dosage, dosage index and how that works. But then you have your final fractions theory which is um a very interesting thing it was it was uh created a few years ago and it states this if a horse finished the final furlong of his last one and one eighths mile prep race in 13 seconds or less or if he took no longer than 38 seconds to go the last three furlongs then he met the requirement for the final fractions theory the top 14 Horses in the Derby qualifying all got the final fractions theory this year. So if you had, if you ran down the index of the horses of who did it. So when I was doing this this year, last year there was only like a handful of them. 
Now this year there's 14 of them that meet the criteria, and I'll give you the exact horses of who they are and whatever, and I'll 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 uh, put a link on there to Ron Flatter who does an incredible job for the Horse Racing Nation and uh, used to work for Veasan and uh, he's extremely sharp. But in the last 31 years, 27 cashable winners came into the Derby with the best buyer of at least 95. 18 of the last 23 had a top Brisnet speed figure of 100 or more. 14 of the last 19 had a time form U.S. figure of at least 115. So again, speed figures, very, very crucial. Um, if you're trying to find, the, the thing about people, when they think about horses, it's like, who do you like, who do you like, who do you like? The best thing to do is go and figure out who you don't like. Get rid of them first. And then you got to figure ones that, okay, I don't like this horse, but he's going to play a role in the pace. I do like this horse, and he's not going to play a role in the pace. You you have so many different things, so you got to start to eliminate process of elimination till you get down to who you have left, and then you start to comprise your top tickets. So that means uh, six of the thirty horses that were in the Derby qualifying points standings this year meet the criteria. So these horses that met all those criteria, the final fractions theory, and all three speed figure. Uh, ratios of what you needed to hit, the, the minimum numbers. So that means there were six of them, six of the 30. And they are Forte, Practical Move, Tap It Trice, Two Fills, Verifying, and the horse that I liked that didn't make the field yet, Mandarin Hero. So that worries me a little. Termosodagake is not in there. However, uh, these Japanese horses don't have um, the Brisnet and Buyer figures. They only have time form. So He's kind of eliminated from that because he never ran in in a continent that had those speed figures. So he's kind of just eliminated by default. So I wouldn't exclude him just based on that. But anyway, that concludes our little rundown of the Kentucky Derby for uh, this week's show. But again, I'm going to talk more about it next week with the guys, get some of the opinions, see what they got, see if they got questions for me. Again, if you have questions, call our show, 304-214-1600, Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday. Ask the question. Be happy to answer anything. I love to talk horse racing. I can sit here talk about it for hours if you haven't figured that out yet. Or email us, contact at thepoundingpodcast.com. You can uh, get a hold of us via email, however you want to. If you got any questions about Derby, who you like, who you think, uh, you know, it was worth a look. Any any questions you have about uh, any of the things I mentioned? Final fractions theory, dosage index, uh, sires, bloodlines, uh, early foals, any of that stuff. And then talking about pace and figuring out who's going to go and who isn't, and uh, all that stuff will kind of uh, start to come into focus when we draw the post positions early next week. All right, we're going to take a break here on BLS, and we're going to be back with Sam the Man out of. Pittsburgh, I don't well, I guess he's Upper St. Clair, so I said Pittsburgh, but he's Bucko's uh, true Bucko fan. We'll talk to him about Brian Reynolds, the NBA playoffs, and the uh, three main circuits of racing when we return here on Better's Last Stand. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here, joined by Sam, the man from Upper St. Clair. He's back with us for his, uh, how many weeks is this now? Four? 
four, I think five. we're going to go with four. We're going to okay. go four or five. Well, it's starting to become regular, and that's good. So uh, thanks, to Sam, for joining us. I was flying solo the first part of the show today. Everybody's busy, but uh, it's good to good to have somebody to talk to instead of yourself for an hour. But uh, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? Yeah, man. Things are well. It's Wednesday, middle of the week. I got no complaints. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you're, you're, let's just start right now with your buckos. Brian Reynolds gets the, gets the contract finally. Yeah, but then they let one get away yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. But you know what? I view that as that's just a baseball game. It Honestly, is. it You're was right. just like long season. I'm worried. I can't lie. I'm worried that this this juju we got going on with the crowd and stuff, it's like, man, <laughs> I good. don't want to look three or four months from now and just think like we won April and May and June. Right. And then like, you know, June, July, August, it just kind of goes down. I, it's got to just be this steady yeah. Steady pace. I'm a little nervous. I but can't lie. That that game though, that was a that was a good that was a good test game though, you know, against a, you know, obviously a solid opponent. So it's you know, you're gonna have games like that. Some of them are gonna go your way, some of them aren't, but there's really nothing to be ashamed of in losing a close game to the Dodgers, although you would have liked to have had it being up seven to two. But I yeah. Know. You'll have it. See what they can do tonight. Uh they'll they'll look to bounce back. Uh all right. So Thoughts on Brian Reynolds? What, what do you think it was? Uh, it was a good, fair deal. Uh, are you happy with it? What's what's yeah. the observations? Yeah, I, I got no problems with it. I mean, if you're not going to sign him, who else would you sign to a contract yeah. like that? Because like Cruz, we all thought it before the season, and then we. I don't know how you feel about him in particular, yeah. but I'm kind of not on the fence. Just I have a different opinion of Cruz now that he's been out and we've played well and we've seen yeah. other people. Yeah, I, I, I'm not taking talent away but i definitely think that we can get by without him yeah i, I agree with that because you know sometimes you got a guy that's that talented but he's just so raw and just has so many things in his game that he's got to improve on sometimes it is good for him to even see that you know this team is actually can be successful without me so maybe he it adjusts his attitude maybe a little bit when he comes back and you know he's he's a little bit more focused on trying to improve and then just uses natural talents for everything which you know, can be good, but it can also be bad. Right. And they were saying then when this contract was going on, well, like Cruz is the next guy to get this contract because he's our shortstop for the future. And it's like, I don't even know if he's going to be our shortstop for the future. Right. Like if put him at first, put him in the outfield, DH. Sure. Yeah. Anything to keep him not from sliding. Right. Be great. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he hopefully he's watching some videos on how to oh, slide while he's, while he's laid Christ. up. Yeah. So well, where's coach at? Why isn't coach teaching him the hook slide? I know he needs to be. He need, he, he, he coach was pissed. He didn't slide head first. So yeah, he would definitely want to good. Neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That could have been real bad. So yeah. anyway, we wish Cruz a speedy recovery. Yeah, I think Reynolds' deal was pretty fair. I mean, you know, they didn't Not overpay. That much money. No, they didn't overpay for today's standards, and I think it was smart that uh, that they did that. You know, because he's 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 versatile. He's a solid. To me, he's not like. Uh, you know, a superstar, but he's like the next level down from one, and he can play. You know, the corner outfield. He could play center field. Obviously, he can. He you got some versatility. So if you add guys or draft guys or you know that number one guy that Jarrett loves, the the kid that's going to be the number one pick. You know, they expect him to play pretty quickly, and I think he's an outfielder. So you know, you you could have a no. But then again, I'm hesitant because you remember the days when it was Marte, Polanco, and McCutcheon. It was supposed to be the greatest outfield ever. Is going to bring all these. Division titles and playoff appearances, and well, Gregory couldn't run the bases. Marte checked out halfway through his career, and then they didn't. What's resign up with, dude? Could you imagine if we still had Marte? I know. 
I thought I always thought Marte was the most talented of the three o- overall. We would lead the league in stolen bases yeah. with him and Bay easily. He's a badass. I, I think Marte just I don't know again another guy that just didn't. He was never in a culture where it taught him how to win. And then Gregory Polanco was a lost cause. But uh, hopefully things are better better <laughs> in Taco Land uh, <laughs> the next go around. So at least they got they should have Reynolds and then this new guy that they're going to draft the number one pick. Um, yeah. So they should have at least two of their outfielders for the significant future uh, locked in. So, uh, any other thoughts on baseball from last week? Any anything stick out to you? Um, any any teams on the radar? Any teams disappearing from the radar? Uh, Chris's Indians can't can't seem to score many runs. They're struggling. No, no, they can't. I'd like to point out my Corey Kluber from last week. If you if you see Corey Kluber pitching, keep yeah. betting against you know, yes. you know against him because he stinks. No question. No question it was, about it. It was four and a half innings on uh, over under. It was under, and he went. He pitched five and gave up seven. That's when you know your team yeah. is bad. Yeah, there's a couple uh, of guys. You're right. Corey Kluber, Chris Sale got beat again today. Um, I, I've mentioned several times on here. Uh, Patrick Corbin, absolute yes. fade. He's terrible. Yes. He, he just gets shelled, and they don't have any other options. And then tonight, uh, which the show air after, but Steven Matz, keep an eye on him for the Cardinals. He's he's a gas can. He's terrible. So just <laughs> he keep, keep betting against those guys uh, any chance he can get. Uh, I agree with Sam, though. Kluber is a full out fade and the Red Sox yeah. have two of those guys in their rotation. It, it used to be Cy Young winners and now they're absolute garbage. Unbelievable. That's <laughs> how quick it can go on you though in baseball. Are, are you uh are you seeing anything else that you like baseball wise? Um well I I think uh well I mean the the Rays have finally lost a few games which is normal obviously. I think they're still solid. Uh, Mets Mets still worry me a little bit and I think Atlanta is is very good. I I know that's not a, like a bold prediction but Atlanta I think will run away with that division. I am been I have been happy with my my Cubs. I'm not a Cubs fan but I was a Cubs backer preseason as far as bets go. Uh they've been playing well so I'm I'm happy with them. Uh Angels are coming back to earth. Um, and then I don't know team. The boy, you know a team that I was high on and has been awful. The other side of Chicago, the White Sox. Boy, they've been bad. 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 Really, really, Matt, really they are bad. bad. So I'll be fading them the rest of the year probably. Reds are scrappy. Even that series against the Pirates, they played them tough. I mean, the Reds aren't bad. I, they're not going to be a pushover team by any means. So, um, but no, not really any. I I don't think the Yankees are very good. I know they won today against the Twins, but. I, I just I don't see it from them. I, I just don't. It, their lineup just doesn't intimidate anymore like it used to. I mean, obviously you got a couple good guys at the top, and Stanton's out now for a while. But I, I don't know. They're pitching. Something just isn't there with them. I, I'm not I'm not sold on them. And the Orioles are playing well, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, nothing too earth shattering. Um, the the you know Phillies are still slumping. Not not very good. But the the good teams will get it going. The Astros will get it going. I expect the Padres to bounce back here uh you know, i think they're the gonna win that on. division i was looking at this dodgers roster yeah. yesterday i don't think that they're that great they're i really don't they like aren't. they're good they yes. are good but they are not near what they've been these last three or four no, years totally agree i mean losing trey turner out of that lineup is just monstrous and then bellinger and then turner and uh justin turner that is and they had yeah. and then yeah the top end of their rotation is just it's getting older and yeah no i i'm with you i think they're I mean, solid Jason team. hayward was in their line i know that's this is awful that's embarrassing yeah. that you have a guy like that in there. i mean but the, the thing about it is no matter what they have they got mookie betts and freddie freeman they could carry a team for a month <sighs> easily mookie's, so, mookie's <laughs> sick yeah so uh yeah so you got to 
you got to account for that. But I agree with you. I do not think that the Dodgers are that great, and I think the Diamondbacks would be a pain in their ass all year. Uh, and then I think the Padres come uh, come early June, late May. I think the Padres will start to get it kicked in gear when it gets a little warmer. Uh, Machado is always a slow starter. Soto's been a slow starter in his career. Those guys will start getting it going, and uh, I expect them to add some uh, pitching pieces at uh, you know the deadline and stuff. So. Definitely don't count the Padres out yet. Long way to go there. So, um, all right. So let's let's jump over to uh, NBA. Well, observations on these incredible NBA playoffs. Uh, who's left? Who, who's? I mean, these teams. Every guy's hurt every night. It's it's nuts. It's it really is. Uh, do you expect? Uh, well, let me ask you first. Let me just start out with uh, any shot the Bucks are coming back down three one to the Heat. I think they got a chance. I think they have a chance. I mean, they got to have Giannis come back, and he's just got to play unreal. But, like, this Jimmy Butler, that stat line oh, he put up. He's an assassin. Dude, that only happens in the playoffs. It's like, yeah. Yeah. it's unexplainable, honestly. Yeah, Butler, uh, I heard a guy comparing to Madison Bumgarner in his old days. Like, he didn't <laughs> give a shit about the regular season. And then when the, when the uh, playoffs came, Jimmy Butler rises to another level. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it was quite impressive watching him the other night. He's I've always liked him as a player. I one of the few guys in the NBA I like cuz he just has a toughness about him that you know, a lot of guys he gets his he gets his nose dirty things that the guys don't do. He just does it all and he can score and he can you know another night he can have 15 assists. Like he doesn't need to always have the ball but uh good things happen when he does and uh yeah, good hats off to the Heat. They've shot the ball much better than their season averages. Uh, but I think the Bucks are a decent price to start buying in on now, you know, because they're down 3-1. Yeah. They got a home game tonight. If they can win that game, then they go back to the Heats. And then I don't think they'll lose game seven if they came back to Milwaukee. But, um, you know, that's just my thought process on it. It's, they're, they're a 12-point favorite tonight. Like, that's yeah. – I mean, they should Stupid. at least be able to win. I mean, at home, I mean, an elimination game for them. Uh, but you got to be leery. You just never know. These NBA, you just don't know. Like you say, Giannis, like, is he is he all right? Will he get hurt again immediately? You just don't know. I, it's There's a lot of uncertainty there. But uh, all right, so how about the Grizzlies-Lakers series? Speaking of more injured guys, what what's your thoughts on that one? I, I think Grizzlies fans, honestly, are, are at the end of this, when it's all said and done, are going to look at Dylan Brooks and say, you fucking yeah. idiot. yeah. Oh, no, I do. I think that no doubt. LeBron is so far ahead of just almost everybody. Right. Just mentally and like what he can do to you. It's like yes. I don't think Dylan Brooks knew what he did until it was too late. Oh yeah. Yep. No. And and, and any smart fan or any smart observer knew they were in trouble when he started making his comments and continuing to antagonize LeBron. That's just not what you want to do for, to the old man right now. You just want to just ignore him and play your hardest and then they just kept kept poking him and poking him and poking him and now they're in trouble i i, I won't surprise i mean i wouldn't I, mean, I think maybe the grizzlies win in you know tonight's game the wednesday night game but i would expect the lakers to, to win the series but then again lebron could hurt himself ad gets hurt every right. fucking five minutes so I know. you know, I know then they then it could completely turn around but i i don't know i still think the lakers get the job done in that series uh I uh, wish wish it wasn't the case, but that it is. How about the uh, the Knicks and the Cavs? The Knicks have outplayed the the Cavs so far in the series. Uh, do you think the Cavs extend the series, or do you think New York puts it away here soon? I think the Cavs could extend it, but I think the Knicks are better. I, yeah. I do. Yeah, no, me too. It uh, just seems like Jalen Brunson's got the pedigree that like Garland just. 
doesn't have. I think yeah. Garland's a great player too, and, but something with Brunson and just the way he leads the Knicks, I just think they're and, gonna. And I think uh, the Knicks they have a, um, I guess for lack of a better term, in today's NBA, they have a coachable roster. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, so I think that he gets maybe their talent's not that great, but like Brunson, you can tell cerebral player, like on the same page with Thibodeau. Like I feel like that was a good get for them because if they do, like they're they're really like one superstar away from being able to win a title. The the Knicks. So if they yeah. can get somebody this off season, that they're a title caliber team because they have a lot of good piece role players. They didn't don't have a superstar. If they could get one of those who could mesh in with these guys, I think they're. They're right in the mix of the Eastern Conference next year, but we'll see. And I love, I love yeah. to point out, Matt. Yes, please. Everybody knew that the fucking Clippers and T Wolves were going to get their yeah, ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. The Clippers, I, the Clippers just amaze me. So their team barely ever plays together the entire season, and they just act like they can just snap their fingers and all of a sudden, oh yeah, we'll be ready for the playoffs. Well, how do you expect Kawhi Leonard to be able to play back to backs in the playoffs when he never played one in the regular season? His body's not going to be ready for that. So he's, you can't. You can't adjust that quickly. So, yeah, poor job by their franchise. I, I think it's – I actually feel bad for their owner because he, he's all in. He's trying to win. But, uh, I know. But he's got – these guys are just too soft and sad. Like, I, I hate to say this. Was Kawhi's knee actually sprained? Probably, I know his sister just not. got in trouble. Yeah, I, I think there's more to it. I think he, he just wasn't in. I think he was checked out. Well, you know, your sister just gets a life sentence. Like that's, you know, that would bother me. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I certainly wouldn't like, be at the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll be like, look, uh, sorry, I gotta take some time. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot to it. So probably the best of the Clippers did just just lose because you know the Suns, they're they they have no bench. They're 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 not great. But I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, all right. So last two series to talk about uh, that are going on still. Uh, Warriors Kings. Interesting uh, game on Sunday. I actually did see some of that. Oh, we were watching at the Vets Club. So uh, Kings, Kings are tough, but now you got Fox with a with a hurt hand, uh, finger. So that could be interesting. But the Warriors still have to win a road game, and that's been hard for them all year. I know, I know. I think the Warriors are going to take it though. They may, they may. You may, might, they might have let them off the hook the last game with Curry calling the timeout and all that stuff. I mean, they got away with one there, and uh, Barnes got a wide open look and missed and. I know. Yeah. Lucky. They probably needed that to go in, and, 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 you know, the Kings would probably be well on their way. But, yeah, I, I feel like the Warriors, these championship teams with Curry, and when you have a chance to knock them out, you better do it. And, they, and the better. Kings probably just – the Kings, though, and they're, you know, for them, for their fans, like, you know, they got their feet wet a little bit this year, and then, you know, next year maybe it's their year to start to make a run. But uh, they're probably a year early, I'd say. And then uh, let's finish up with – just a horrible performance by the Celtics last night. Man. Uh, well, the game, they couldn't even win. I mean, the Hawks are not very good at all. And, and you're a 13-point uh, favorite at home against a terrible team. And uh, you let it get away late, and you can't even win, let alone cover, as all three dogs covered last night. But uh, just a terrible meltdown by the Celtics. Uh, I still think they'll win this series. But I don't like them going forward. I don't think they win the East. I don't either, Matt. I agree. I, I told you in person that the Celtics were my pick. I was loving them, loving Coach Mazzola, and now I am shaking in my boots. No, it's like a complete transformation. It's like they lost their identity, and I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it, it's bizarre what's happened to them. They've shown a lot of signs of vulnerability, but um, I don't know. who who who. If you had to lean on with one team in the East, you got the Bucks down 3-1. to one. Well, you got the Sixers through, but they got MB, who's just always so fragile. Uh, I mean, who do you back in the East? I mean, the East I thought was going to be this great playoff, these great games, and now it's like survival of the fittest right now. 
I mean, who do you go with? Listen, I can't even like with confidence give you an answer. I'm like right. the Knicks, maybe. I don't. I yeah, don't no. know. The- now, now the Knicks look like well, you know what? They may be able to run out in the East this year. I mean, you got you have uh, right now the Celtics are minus one ten to win the Eastern Conference. I think that's a terrible bet. I, I would not recommend that bet to nope. anybody. You're insane. Never, never I mean, I would rather bet the Sixers at f- plus four hundred than I would bet the Celtics. I. Uh, and then the I Bucks bet nothing on the Celtics still right three, now. Yeah, I, in a minus price, like I no, they're too inconsistent for me. Um, they they've just, I mean, that game last night, they can't let that happen. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, the Eastern Conference right now, I have no idea who will win it. If the Bucks win tonight, I still think I would go with them. But uh, if they don't, obviously they're done. They're golfing tomorrow, so we'll see. What about in the West? Who, confidence levels? Do you think the Warriors, if they can get by this series, then maybe that it breaks in their favor? Uh, Suns have no bench. Nuggets, I don't know. They got altitude and they, they the best player, maybe. What are your thoughts? I'm nervous that the Lakers are going to walk into the finals. They may. They may. Oh, they, God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, dude, if LeBron and AD, oh, no. they'll win it. If hey, the Lakers oh, I, get I know. to the finals, they'll yeah, win. Yeah, I know. You're right about that. They'll, they'll, but they'll like just... Denver. Denver's so good. They're young. They've got Jokic. He's got the MVPs. Yeah. Why are they not? in the finals they need yeah. to be in the finals. no they do they need to take the step this year they they need to. to they absolutely need to make the finals they they do with a guy because it's actually a shame because he's so damn good and no one ever sees him no one ever watches yeah. nugget games who are like general fans they're not going to watch those games but if it's the finals then yeah they'll turn it on but yeah he needs to, to get to the the conference finals and then make it to the finals and make it you know finally get that push to the finals and you know they could easily win it i i really don't know who i'd pick but I, I still think I would just slightly lean the Bucks if I could get a healthy Giannis and they can win game five tonight against the Heat. Then maybe they could come back. But, man, then maybe they're they're wiped out. And then, I don't know, Suns, their bench. And you got to trust your boy Chris Paul to get the job done. He's getting old. But uh, I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Matt, uh, I'd like to point something out here. This has nothing to do with this current NBA Finals, but I'm right. thinking of Denver and the big man and Jokic. 2001 NBA Finals, Shaquille O'Neal averaged 36.3 points per game and 12 rebounds a game. Like, if we can get some big man domination from Jokic in the finals, I think it's a wrap. Yeah, I think that would be great to see. 36 points a game. That's just That's remarkable. In 99-2000, it was 38. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I remember I remember how oh impossible God. it was that anybody to stop him. But What do yeah. you do? Yeah. What do you do? Just hack a shack. That's what they tried. That's the only thing that ever helped a little bit. Just That's at how least late in games. It. Yeah, let's yeah. hope. All right, that'd be cool. See the Nuggets uh, get get there. They they got a good uh, good home court advantage and a fun fun environment. So, all right. Well, that that'll wrap up our NBA for now. Uh, we'll uh, make the shift over to the racing circuits. We got three races this week, so it's yeah, we uh, it's good good to see. Uh, let's let's go ahead and start with the. Uh, the F1 boys, since that's probably the easiest ones to pick the winners. Uh, Red we, Bull. Yeah, we go to Azerbaijani Grand Prix. Max, uh, the defending champion, once again, uh, they ran 1-2 one, ran one, last year. Him and uh, Sergio Perez, uh, they they led, they Max led 36 laps, Perez led 14, and Charles Leclerc led one. <laughs> Just pure yeah. domination. Yeah. Uh, as they go to Baku, Azerbaijan, and after a few weeks off, uh, right now, best bet on the board, maybe uh, Red Bull double podium finish at minus 130. That's where I'm Honestly. going. What do you think? Any, any, anything? No, I, I'm with you. Can we make money here at all? Do we have anything? I don't th- 
Matt, I don't think so. I think if you got money for this weekend for F1, save it. Yeah, right. <laughs> save it or put it on the bet of Verstappen and any other combo to win the final because <laughs> right. I really don't know how we're going to be making a lot of lot of uh, dough here. I, I was looking through, and I was trying to find anything. It's like everything with Red Bull is so just, you know, it's priced correctly, though, because they're just it that is. good. And uh, so I thought about maybe the Aston Martin guys, maybe in the top six, uh, you know, that's plus 105, but then you're going to count on Lance Stroll. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's the cusp, but top 10 minus 175 for the Aston Martins, that's that's feasible. But but I was looking – I was – I was so, uh, you know, just I had no other avenues to go down, so I ended up looking back and seeing, well, Ferrari has not done well at this track recently, uh, and uh, they both had they had an engine failure and a hydraulic failure mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. I thought maybe uh, the Ferrari's guys not to be classified or the, be the first cars to retire at like 10 to 1, uh, and you can get like plus 350 on either one of them to not be classified or to retire is around 20 to 1. So I might take a stab at that, and that's probably about all I can come up with. Yeah, it's it's shocking how just little options we have to right. like right. even place a bet for F1. Yeah. Now, now, how about let me ask you this one? Um, I thought uh, I thought that the uh, podium finish for Mercedes. Now, uh, George Russell finished third here last year, ran pretty well. Has been doing all right this year. He's still he's still a, a bigger price than than Lewis, and I, I think you get a little value if you think a Mercedes will run well. I would take George at the plus two fifty versus uh, Lewis at the plus one fifty, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely put put five on that if you yeah. got it, Lewis. He reminds me sort of like I don't know if you listen to like Denny Hamlin. He just bitches a lot. Like <laughs> right now, if he yeah. runs great. Everything's great. If right. it's not, it's just like I would go with George over Lewis for that. Yeah, I agree. it's almost like he's had so much success now, and it's just he's not used to this, and he just has to make an excuse for every single thing that goes wrong when it's just actually the other manufacturers and drivers are just caught up and surpassed him, and like it's that's all yeah, there is that's just to what it. it is dude yeah like you, you had your run of dominance you were awesome no one could touch you and now it's uh you know now it's time to be humble and just do your best but uh yeah i think george russell i thought that was a decent one and then i thought just a head-to-head matchup maybe russell plus 110 over hamilton uh was worth it but that's about all i could come up with but yeah. when in doubt just uh red bull on top uh verstappen actually a plus like minus 260 or 70 to win this thing's probably not even that bad of a price if if you want to lay it I, i'd recommend it because it's going to be it's going to be really hard short of a mechanical failure of some kind uh that you know that he's not going to win this race or or finish in the you know the top two um but I don't know. Any any other thoughts? Anybody else that maybe could could do all right? I mean, Pierre maybe Gasly. maybe uh, Alonso. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. it's just like it's Max and Checo, and then yeah. after that, no. I, I mean, Fernando no... Alonso has been like we talked about last week's been the best, the third best guy of the whole year for sure. Like without question, Definitely. He's, Definitely. he's outperformed the Mercedes guys and the Ferrari guys. So yeah, why not? You know, to take a him a shot at, on a podium finish is probably going to be a a winning proposition more weeks than not uh, throughout the season. And I don't know about you, but, you know, you had these teams get these new drivers and new lineups, and they were all feeling fresh, and they haven't done anything, no, man. No, no. No, I was gonna, I was wondering, like, it, it, if you were going to, like, say, like, newcomer of the year or new team or new whatever, like, who would you even go with? I mean, none of these guys have been good. I, none of them. I, I, I mean, again, Fuck that's... Nico. I'd go with Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Shit. I don't even yeah. know, man. I mean, none of the, the new rookie guys have done anything. But again, you just don't know because their equipment's been so bad. I don't know. It's right. it's tough. Like you say, it's it's so slanted, uh, you know, towards the, the really the one team and then there's a drop off, but uh you hate to see it. I just I, I mean now the the positive thing is is that Aston Martin did make leaps and bounds to this year from last. So maybe some of these other teams can. And then if we could get like three or four or five teams that are now in the mix, then it becomes really good racing. Uh, Let's just hope for that soon. But it's uh, unfortunately you're seeing Ferrari and Mercedes like, you know, well, Mercedes kind of okay, but Ferrari may be going backwards. Uh, McLaren definitely going backwards. Uh, Yeah, so... I don't know. We'll keep our fingers crossed and uh, hope that that we can uh, start to get a little bit more even caliber racing. But uh, I don't know. Let's go uh, to the to the open wheel circuit that does have some uh, parity yes. and yes. some uh, you know some maybe a chance to win some money. But although we don't have any any odds really on this race yet, but uh, we we go to Alabama for the uh, Children's of Alabama Grand Prix. Uh, thoughts on this uh, this track this circuit and anything stick out to you here all right so a couple past winners pato award alex polo takuma sato and joseph newgarden and newgarden hasn't won it since 18 but he won it like three or four years in a row right but i, I view that as too far in the past sure to last year renas vk led 57 laps of this race 57 he yeah. finished third last year will power finished fourth and this year, uh, Roman Grosjean has finished. Or he's finished the top ten, or the the last year. Excuse me. So, but VK hasn't been anywhere this year. I haven't. I haven't even heard a whisper of his name. I know. And I, uh, he's a guy who's back. That stands out is, is Dixon. Yeah, yeah. I think Scott Scott Dixon, the Iceman, is going to take this race. Okay. I, I'm confident he's had some issues. Ganassi just gives his guys strong cars every week. Yeah, he's due. He he hasn't had not had a lot of luck yet, and uh, he's definitely due for a, a break. And uh, I agree too. Um, when you mentioned O'Ward, he was a guy that I'm I'm waiting to make the breakthrough. He already had a New Garden win, and uh, who else won? Uh, who Erickson? Yeah, Erickson. Yep, and Kyle and then, Kirkwood, and then Kirkwood. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I think you got guys like in in Takuma Sato is never to be underestimated. He's if he has the car, he's so experienced. He's definitely going to be, you know, dangerous. Alex Palo too, another guy just you can't overlook. But I agree. I'd say if I, I was going to lean on O'Ward and Dixon this week, to be two of the guys that I'm going to be taking a shot with. Um, but I, I don't know. I, Joseph Newgarden, he, he's got some momentum. He's ran well this this year. What about your boy Scott McLaughlin? He's He's just struggling. can't get it to go, and he's he's just struggling. He's just man. waiting for I Indy, know. I guess, for the five hundred, maybe he must. Yeah, um, I don't know what the the Renus VK number is going to be because, like we say, they yeah, don't post them. It'll be pretty high. I'd, I'd expect it to be thirty to one, twenty five, thirty to one, probably at, at the least. Yeah. Um, you got a couple quarters and pennies in your pockets, you know. Put yes, put some change on that. Put a little. Put a little uh, egg McMuffin money on there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Twenty piece nugget money on Renus VK this week. <laughs> gets yeah, you, no gets guarantee you. you're getting that back. That's for sure. No, but uh, you know that's all it takes is one. You know, so you can you can cover yourself for weeks to come if you can just True. just hit one of those. That's the beauty of betting, trying to find prices, and that's what we do here. We're not going to sit here. We we were honest with you though, folks. Like Sam and I are telling you, Max Verstappen is going to be hard to beat. 
So what you got to hope for, like we say every week, he, he has a problem in qualifying and you get him at like plus money because he's starting 14th and yeah. he just carves through the field. I hope for that every week. So because he just it doesn't even matter. And they actually, that's the thing. That's the thing, though, Matt. He he'll start 14th, 15th. Yeah, he's going to be in the top three within right. 30 and he, laps. And he did it this year. He finished second to Checo, the one race that he lost. Yeah. that He didn't win. So ridiculous. Yeah. Absurd. All right, let's make the uh, the jump over. I'll have Sam's official picks for for Indy, and uh, obviously you kind of know our thoughts on the F1 circuit. Um, so he's pretty much going to be leaning Scott Dixon, and I like Palo and Nixon or Dixon. So we'll uh, we'll finalize those. I'll put them up on social over the weekend so you can see them. But now let's jump over to NASCAR. We had uh, Talladega last week. Um, exciting, I guess. Finish. We had a lot of guys in the mix that we liked running right there. You had Kislowski, Gilliland. I had guys like that, Blaney, all, all in the mix to win it. And then uh, old old Rowdy gets the job done. When the chaos ensues, he's there to pick up the pieces and win it. Uh, what, what Thoughts overall on the race from last week? Matt, I was shocked at how, the, how clean the first two stages were. Right. Uh, I, I, I'll say this, 40... Essentially, 40% of the Xfinity race was ran under caution. 17% of this race was. So think of how different that is. I mean, that's crazy. 40%. We we brought up guys like McDowell, Gilliland, Pusher. We had good picks last week. This is why racing is so hard. Michael McDowell, lap three, broken toe link, done. Day is done. It's just like, it's a tough one. One one thing I noticed throughout the race, and I kept seeing his name, and it's especially on these super speedways, and I think for the future this is going to be a theme, is Noah Gragson. Yeah, I, I know. I think he is going to be a, a top 10 moneymaker for these super speedways in the future because, dude, he was running strong up front. I, I thought I thought him and uh, Ty Gibbs were both pretty good, and I think they're they were both real good. As they continue, Gibbs is a little ahead of Gragson as far as being settled in. I think, like, I feel like he's definitely gotten more hours behind the wheel as far as testing and all that, obviously, with his grandpa. But once Gragson starts getting used to these cars, I've already seen, I've started to see some improvements on him in in the last few weeks. Because early on, he looked just a little bit like a fish out of water. But I agree with you. I think he's making strides. And these these super speedways are ultimate equalizers. I mean, you got J.J. Yaley running up near the top. I mean, you got, you got uh, well, guys that we kind of gave you last week. Todd, Todd Gilliland had a strong car. I mean, Ricky Eric Stenhouse Jones. again, Eric Jones, Justin Haley. I mean, all these guys ran respectable. Chris Busher again, another top five for him. Um, Blaney, 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 Blaney. He just can't win. Matt, I mean, the guy can't win every week. I want him. I, I God. I, 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 he, he, not, he gets uh, Bubba tries to stop him and he, and he, re- and he gets in the back of him, which really wasn't Blaney's fault at all. But I was like, oh, here we go, he's gonna win. And then there's Kyle to sn- swoop in and get it done. Um, yeah, it, it was a good race though. I, I, I was, I was happy with it. The, the day before though, that race really frustrated me because I, I had two cars up in the top five in that, and then it just, they, they just blew apart really quickly. And uh, you know, it's bad when. There's only like 12 cars left at the end of the race because uh, when I had uh, Ryan Sieg and uh, Daniel Hemmer. Sam Mayer. Yeah, what about Sam Mayer? Didn't Mayer. you text me that? And yes. Two laps later. Yeah, done. Disaster. It, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I These uh, these Xfinity races and their overtimes, it's absolute fucking Wild West. It's a shootout. You shoot your own friend. Like, it doesn't matter. How about, I mean, the, the junior motorsports guys, that's like a chain reaction. The whole team's gone. That's like the third time this year they've done that too. Yeah, 
I mean, ridiculous. If I'm Dale Jr., I'm like, guys, knock it the fuck off. Let's let's actually get some top fives here or something. Yeah, like we're it, not. None of us are finishing the race. Yeah, like <laughs> just take everybody out. But yeah, so if you haven't watched uh watched the Xfinity races when they get down to overtime, or they're exciting, but they're also frustrating. If you're you know if you have a, a car in the in the mix, there you, you're really dependent. You're basically playing Russian roulette. Can you survive without getting the bullet to the head? Because yeah. yeah. you don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if your car is great or not because you have so many things working against you. But uh, all right, that puts Talladega in the books. Let's move on to one of my favorite tracks, Dover Motor Speedway, the Monster Mile. This uh, track I was fortunate enough to go to this track many times, and it's a uh, a great uh, watcher's race. It's it's visually it's a really fun race to watch. A lot of passing. Uh, got some some fast, uh, bigger track speed with a short track feel to it, uh, one mile. So it, it's it's fun. It's a fun track. And uh, boy, you just it begins and ends with the Hendrick cars here. They're just they are so good here. Um, 2021, they finished one, two, three, four, uh, yeah. and then they you know Elliott won last year, and then that year Bowman. It was Bowman, Larson, uh, Elliott, and then Byron. Um, Larson won here for Ganassi. So I mean these guys. It's it's hard to get around. Do you see anybody outside of the uh, of the Hendrick foursome being uh, as a top contender here, Sam? I hate to say it, Matt. My pick to win the race was Kyle Larson. There you go. Yeah. So right. I honestly I, I don't. I thought Larson ran great last week. Yeah. He just got caught up in that crash. Nothing right. You can do there. And even he's been vocal about his struggles in super speedways. That's the the you know the, the tracks where he struggles the most. But uh, I think he's starting to kick it into gear. And I could see this being a race where he kind of dominates. I hope not. I hope it's. I hope it's a, an exciting race with lots of passing and some some intrigue. But I had a hard time finding my, my way outside of those four cars. I think Chase Elliott obviously is getting back to full strength. He'll be a contender here. William Byron's run great, as we said. Bowman won here two years ago. I, I thought the best bet that I could find. If you're not going to single out one of those guys, but I thought a really really great bet this week. For plus money, and it's not going to get you a huge return, but anytime you can get plus money, and if you feel really strong about it, is a Chevy to win the race, I think is a really, really good bet this week at uh, about plus 110 or so. You can hunt around, try to find it, but these Chevys are going to be really good. Um, I mean, even guys like Chastain's run really well here. He could yep. be dangerous. Ricky Stenhouse has done well here, strangely enough. Uh, that's weird. Ricky Stenhouse, he's good at Daytona, Talladega, Bristol, and Dover, and that's like yep. it. Like, that's all he gets. But that those tracks, they're 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 like the Bristol and Dover are like super speedways in a small track. Well, not the minus the dirt race, but on a normal circumstance. But I don't know. I, I found it hard to get around the Chevys. I thought maybe if there was a, a a Toyota that could be in the mix, I thought my boy Truax. But he's like Brian Blaney; he never fucking wins. Uh, he's he had a great car here last year. Led a lot of laps. Had a lot of fastest laps, but. Uh, couldn't get the job done. What What are your thoughts? Anybody that's a dark horse? Anybody you like uh, at the worth four hundred on Sunday? Well, Larson's my pick. Like in twenty one, he led two hundred and sixty three laps of the race. I mean, he just seems like he's just going to get out front. Yeah. Honestly, any four of these the Chevy cars, like you said, I really think they're going to run away with this one. But yeah. like. Maybe a maybe a Hamlin or a Chastain. They've they've yeah. ran pretty well here in the past. Yes. Maybe a Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is one here, but the, the the Hendricks cars are just they're on another level compared to these other organizations. Yeah, um, the 
like you mentioned, Denny Hamlin, yeah, he's had a lot of success at Dover too. For there was a stretch there where it was like him and Jimmy Johnson just won every race there. Jimmy Johnson won there eleven times. Like I, I know, I just, saw when I was looking at that domination. I couldn't believe it. Like and I know Jeff Gordon. I bet Jeff Gordon won there seven or eight times at least because he dominated some of the races that I'd go to. And that's the thing about Dover. Sometimes you would have if the right guy gets locked in at the front, man, he can he can really. Uh, lead a lot of laps and kind of dominate the race, but uh, with the stage racing, it it, it st- stops it to a degree where you're not letting them run out there where they're lapping the entire field. But uh, it's uh, it, it's tough, and, and these these Hendrick cars are going to be so damn hard to beat. I mean, even guys like Joey Logano, he's Joey Logano. This is one of his least successful tracks, and he hasn't been terrible. He just doesn't win. Been a while for Kyle Busch, but he always you know did well here. He pretty much can race anywhere. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, Chastain, I, th- I thought those those two Chevys, the uh, Trackhouse guys, you know, they, they'll probably run decent here. Um, but that was about I all got, I could he, fu- he fucked me last week, Chastain. <laughs> that, that, that caution fucked me. He didn't have enough fuel. I know, I know. Oh, oh, Dude, when I saw him go to the pits, I literally just, I had my hat and I just... Yeah, Toss like, it right off. that's no. I mean, it's just the margin for error is so thin in these. In, and I guess that's what you want because that's what makes it intriguing. But it's right. like it would be nice if it worked in your favor one time because it usually it's always, it's always works against you. But uh, I don't know. Uh, any any other super long shots? Uh, uh, Justin Haley ran decent here. I know you ran well in the Xfinity here before. But again, I can't I can't make a strong play. I mean, maybe you could make a, 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 a shot, take a shot with him in the top 10. Busher. I don't know. I just don't see any anybody with these Hendrick cars winning and anybody outside of a Chevy make winning this race. I don't either. All, all my numbers say are just Hendrick, Hendrick, Hendrick. Yeah. yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. I can't make something up to make somebody feel better. It's just no. Hendrick. No. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of zero in. We'll look at the qualifying, see if there's any matchups out there that we like. We'll post on social media. But um, unfortunately, it looks like a Red Bull and Hendrick weekend, and then uh, maybe a, a little bit of uh, you know uncertainty in the Indy car. So maybe we could get some some actual excitement to where we don't know who's going to win. I'd say there's probably at least six or eight guys in that that probably could win that race. In this in the F1, probably two. In, in the NASCAR <laughs> Cup Series, probably three or four. And uh, yeah, they're all on the same team. But anyway, you're not going to always be able to win it. Uh, we, we'll try. Give you. That's why we're honest here. We're not trying to sit here and tell you, oh, hey, this week Ryan Priest will win fifty to one, guaranteed. Nah, not yeah, this happen. might be Matt. This might be I made no money weekend. It might be, but uh, who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll get lucky in baseball. Who knows? Something I don't know. Uh, Sam, any uh, any closing thoughts? Anything else uh, going? What do you think? Uh, real quick, NFL draft tomorrow. Any uh, any thoughts on that? That's that's a damn just who know hell knows. I was, I was actually I was going to ask you how you were feeling because I am up in the air, man. I don't know what to believe. I don't Me know. Either. I mean, these are kids. These are kids. Yes, and these teams are all trying to get each other off their trail, so they're all trying to lie. They're lying to the media. They're they're like planting stories with people that aren't true. And uh, yeah, I it, it, the trades. Who knows? I don't Honestly, know. They make they make it seem like Jalen Carter should be racing in the Cup Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's, no. it's just absurd. <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think is the first QB? Young? Yeah, probably young. But then there was that that giant move yesterday on Will Levis. Like he was getting. I think what the hell are these teams? I, I can't get what's over up with that. I can't get over the Richardson steam though. That that just blows my mind. Like I, I don't. Like, that guy's not a quarterback. He's just a great athlete, I think. But Right. I don't get the big deal of, like, oh, during the pro day, he hit the roof. Well, fuck. <laughs> when are you ever going to need cares? to hit the roof? Right. 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 <laughs> 
It's, who cares? Yeah, that doesn't great. matter. That's really neat. I'm glad we're going to draft a guy based on that. But I have no idea. I mean, I really I was talking about it on the show, and then last week, and we talked about it on the radio is we we don't know we can't even really give people good recommendations because the information this year is hardest it's ever been to actually get a handle on what's real and what isn't. I mean, you got experts. You have like highly credible NFL writers. One guy's saying the Cardinals are taking this and the other guy's saying the complete opposite. And same with the Texans. One's saying he's taking a quarterback and the other guy's saying, no, they're going defense. I'm 100% sure. So who do you believe? And these guys are like credible sources too. And uh, if you that, That's the issue, Matt. It's credible people yes. saying these things. Like two weeks ago, C.J. Stroud was a Texan and now they're trading yeah. the pick and then the next guy said they're drafting Will Anderson. Yeah, so I and have then, no and idea. Going back like six weeks ago when they when Carolina traded up the one, all that steam for Stroud, they said it was going to be Stroud. He was like minus eight hundred to be the first pick, right. and now he's not That's even right. the, the the second choice. Like it, he could he, he might slide, Matt. He might really slide. Because then they they said that 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 that's cognitive test that he took, he didn't do good in, so he dropped down on that. So they, they're. I don't know. I I thought he was. I think he's good, but then again, I'd, I'd be it. I'd be fucking so pissed if I was CJ Stroud. Like I this know. report comes out that I'm an idiot. Yeah, that I'm a moron. It's like that You're old right. Wonderlick test. But uh, yeah, so I think though what might scare people off more than him not doing well on that is the fact that uh, when the Redskins picked Dwayne Haskins, how bad he was. <laughs> when Ohio State quarterbacks haven't been very good, but I don't know. No, none of them have been good in the pros. That'll be. Uh, intriguing to watch I, I know your uncle chris is pretty pumped about the draft he's uh i love it very excited it. it is intriguing i, I and that trading and then the, a jockeying for things i think is is neat and it, it does make for a good television event but uh you know this this year is just hard like normally i have a few bets that i really like like okay i think there'll be uh two running backs or more drafted in the first round like that's one i'm i'm thinking i may lean over on that one and a half yeah, I think Robinson – here's Matt, and there's the thing that I'm like, all right, I don't know. I've seen mock drafts. Robinson doesn't go any higher than 10. And then right. I see mock drafts now that B. John Robinson is in the you know top 20, yeah. 30, well, they're saying not they, in the top right. first round. It's, I've heard guys say that they shouldn't – obviously no one thinks you should take a running back in the first round. But then they said B. John Robinson could go in the top 10. And then that, that Jameer Gibbs, the guy that, from Georgia Tech and Alabama, uh, he may get drafted in the first round now. So – I don't know what to what to expect. I did the one thing I did like Zay Flowers, the BC wide receiver. I thought he was worth a look at the first wide as the first wide receiver taken because that Smith and the Jigba guy's always hurt, and I think there's some questions about him. But he'll probably be the first receiver taken. But I thought that that uh, Zay Flowers at f- about six to one to be the first receiver. But man, other than that, it was hard. I mean, yeah, Will Levis was forty to one like yesterday morning to be the first pick. Now he's six to one. Like, it, why? I, so the only reason that Will Levis would be go to number one, I feel like, is if there was a trade. Because I don't think Carolina. I, I don't know. I just I, unless Carolina did the ultimate head fake, they said they're going to take Stroud and then Young, and now they're going to get Levis. Like that's if three they quarterbacks. Do that, if nuts. they do that, Tepper is just like all these other guys. Yeah. Right. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't what, know what, what to believe. I don't know how much college football, like Kentucky college football, you watched. Right. I don't remember seeing one thing that was like, "Oh, this Will no, Levis, he could not he at all, a, not at all." And, and and you know what is remarkable to me is he only ended up at Kentucky because he couldn't beat out that Sean Clifford guy at Penn State, who's terrible. So I, that Bad. makes me right there say, "Oh boy, I'd be very worried if you couldn't beat this guy out in Penn State." So. I don't know. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Should be interesting. Um, makes for an exciting weekend. 
Uh, Sam, any closing thoughts before we get out of here for the day? Uh, yeah, to the listeners, we don't talk a lot of hockey, but I oh. brought this up to Matt before the show. Jake Ottinger is the goalie for the Dallas Stars. If the Dallas Stars can get to the Stanley Cup Finals, it is because of him. And if they win, it is because of him. He is plus 2,500 for the Conn Smythe. Sprinkle some change on him if you got it. And that's a really good advice uh, by you because, you know, I, I explained to people on there. And, yeah, we, I, I talked – I went through the hockey series uh, before you came on just going through, you know, how everything was shaken out. But I agree with you. The, the best thing about trying to find value like that is instead of having to bet a team to win, basically exactly the way Sam just described it. If you're going to bet the Dallas Stars, right now the Dallas Stars are 13-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. Much better bet is to bet Jake Ottinger, as he just recommended, twenty-five to one. That's that's almost double your odds right there. And as he said, the only way they're going to win is because of him. And the only way he that he's not the MVP would be impossible. So uh, Jake Ottinger, basically, you're getting the stars at twenty-five to one versus thirteen to one by betting Jake Ottinger to be the MVP. So great advice there, Sammy. And uh, let's let's hope that the stars can finish off the wild uh, tomorrow or next night. And then, also, uh, Matt, power play points. If you can find good power play yes. points for these players, like Adam Fox the other night was like yes. a. I, I the, the the line didn't look real. No, I know. I I actually tipped this in the regular season during a run. If you remember that run where the Penguins were winning, they actually were on a winning streak, and their power play was clicking. And 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 every night Raquel was like plus one eighty to get a power like a half over a half a power play point, and Crosby plus one twenty five. And I told people to get on that while you could, like ride that streak. And you're exactly right. There's definite value on there, and there's certain guys that touch the puck. Adam Fox quarterbacks the power play. Any power play points, he's going to have a 70-80% chance of getting a point on that power play goal. It's almost it might have been. I think it was plus one hundred five right. for half a power play point the other night. You can get really good players who quarterback power plays if you can find that, and, and you have a, a five man unit out there, and three guys can get a point on one goal. So remember that you can get it's extreme value if you're getting plus money on the guys. If you bet two or three of them, uh, and you hit one of them, you cover yourself. You make some money. So yeah, yep. that's a great advice. I, I I'm totally on board with that because I started hunting those power play points this season when you're trying to find things in the, within the game okay Crosby over a regular you know a, a even strength point you know you're not getting a great value it's like minus 180 whatever but power play is is where you can really make the money so yeah great advice yeah. by Sam and uh we thank him for uh joining us here again this week on Better's Last Stand Sam have a great weekend uh go Bucks and uh enjoy the uh the racing the hockey playoffs the NBA playoffs and the uh, NFL draft should be a fun weekend Yes, sir. Should be a blast. Go Bucks and Matt. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. My Sounds friend. good, buddy. Thanks and great job. Awesome. All right, that's uh, Sam Pav out of Upper St. Clair representing Ooh. our uh, racing and sports analyst. Uh, he does a great job. Really into it. It's great having him on the show every week. And uh, hope you're enjoying it. And he's very sharp and he has great picks. And if you have questions for Sam, be sure and email the show. Contact at thepinerpodcast.com. Messages on social media. However you want to do it. Calls while we're on the radio. Any way, shape, or form, you have all different outlets to reach the Pine Room Podcast and the Better's Last Stand, guys. So that'll do it for us today. Matt flying solo. Hopefully next week, Coach or Chris or somebody will be back in the studio. But I hope it wasn't too bad for you. We got Kentucky Derby next week. We got tons of things happening this weekend with the NFL draft and uh, playoffs in hockey and basketball. Tons of racing. Got a full card of MLB. 
Uh, UFC, which we don't talk about a ton on the show. Wish we had time to do more of that. Uh, and then your XFL and USFL. Anyway, that'll do it for us here on BLS. Uh, keep up with the Pine Room guys at the Pine Room Podcast on social media. Have a great weekend and best of luck in your bets. This is Better's Last Stand. <laughs>